Oh, <laughs> nice. Y'all know where I'm going with this one. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Come on, man. We got a good weekend coming yeah. up now. Yes, sir. Man, this song is a bop right here. Nice. I am so thankful for James Gunn for putting this in Guardians of the Galaxy. His soundtracks are amazing. Ryan, are you a fan of the soundtracks of Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, diehard fan, actually. Right. Diehard fan. Now, had they released uh, Volume 3 Guardians uh, soundtrack? No, I don't think so. I don't think they have. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing what they actually going to put in that one. Uh, now, we got a big weekend coming up. Are we all ready for that one? Ready, man. Yeah, I'm ready. ready. I think we got I got everybody signed up. We got just, our guest list. Yeah, I think I just want to make sure everybody knows what time to be there. So, Oh, no. It's going to be a great weekend for all us Simmons lovers, all our fans, all our friends. Loved ones, strangers, whoever Ryan picked up that day. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. I hope time. I have a day for this one. I hope so. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Now, that being said, everybody, welcome back to Cinemax Avance, a.k.a. the greatest podcast in the world, the blackest podcast on the internet right now. Ryan, <laughs> you got all that Jim Beam out your system? Yes, no more Jim yes. Beam. Oh, this man. is full of Jack Daniels right yeah. now. Oh. Jim Beam is gone. You are entertaining to listen to when you go on a rant. Uh. I was like, man, Ryan is not going to stick the landing on this one, man. Every time I think he's done, he's like, oh, and another thing. <laughs> I was like, and another thing? Like, yeah. come on, man. This is, this is worse than like, hey, man, like, real quick. Because like, we all know your real quick really means like, like 10, 15 minutes, and there ain't nothing real quick about uh, it no. at all. He's like, keep going and going and going, energize a bunny. I was like, man. When this man goes on a cinema rant, man, uh, it is one for the oh, ages. Yeah. And back to you, motherfucking Sean. <laughs> you said six months ago. God damn. Man, you, you, you petty as hell, man. You be holding on to stuff, don't you? I know. You got a grudges, man. Back in 99, I remember you said. You guys were throwing me some curb. No, hold on. You guys can't. You went all the way back to high school and wanted somebody <laughs> like stealing your money from burning CDs. I remember that. I might have some elephant in me. There's no line about that. I do. I don't forget. Uh, you got yeah. some elephant and no lion. I like that, man. You own one. And all, all the all the jungle animals there. So, oh, man. yeah, you, you are entertaining to listen to, man. You are good podcast material for everybody that's listening. So, man, thank you for that last week podcast. I was like, man, I I want to edit, but I was like, man, we got to keep this going, man, because this is kind of funny, man. I want him to listen back to this because he's probably listening like, oh man, I can't believe I said that. Like, oh no, you said it. You absolutely <laughs> said it. Either you said it or Jim said it or Jack or one of his cousins. <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, you said all that stuff, man. That is so damn funny just to listen to you, man. man I, I just say I appreciate you, man. I hope you just. I hope you made it home safe. I, I did. I know a few people was like, hey, man, Ryan, all right? Yeah. So Ryan sounded like he had like a, a pretty animated podcast <laughs> last week, man. Ryan was really old one. I was like, yeah, he really was. So then, then, of course, you know, Scott took video of you, like a bottle of Jim Beam in your hand. <laughs> you was like straight thug. Man. So I was like, man, he got the bottle in his hand. He, he sitting there ranting, looking like he had a spade table. I was like, man, this is too damn funny right now. Oh, man. Oh, like, man. I just hope you had a good time as we did just listening to you because it, it was a fun podcast to have last week. My wife Wife was definitely listening. She's like, "Er, like, did he? Did he really just say?" It? I was like, "Yeah, he, like, you, 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 you don't know Ryan like we know Ryan. <laughs> like God knows his heart." <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right about that, Tommy. I, I think you're right, but I hope I hope so. No, but no. I, I will be sober before the end of the year. That is a uh, big, big goal for my for my lifestyle. I want to sober up, and yeah, I'm not. I made the mistake of starting to drink in my 30s. So everybody was wilding out in their 20s. Wait, I, you started in your 30s? You I mean, get I, a head start I, on it? No, not at all. I was I I maybe drink on the weekends, but okay, yeah, I, I would see, maybe I have three or four drinks 
throughout the week, maybe. And it was never, I'm getting wasted. It was just, okay, I got a little buzz. Okay, feel good. Somebody else is drinking, I'm drinking. But I would never find myself going to the liquor store throughout the week in my 20s. No, I definitely went through a phase where I needed to not like have like a, a bunch of drinks, but I needed to drink something alcoholic in order for me to fall asleep. I'd Really? I'd never, you know, my dad, you know, I just never got into alcohol. I didn't start getting into alcohol until I started dating women who had alcohol in, with them. Like, that, for instance, like drink a beer weird. with their dinner. I never did that. Like, I just, I only drink beer like at yeah. a, you know, it's like some kind of big, you know, gathering or something. But I didn't start really drinking beer until I started dating women who drank beer. You know what I mean? So, and it's still, I'm still not a huge drinker. I will never, you'll never see me just going to get beer. Unless like you coming over or we're doing some kind of event, yeah, it's just not in me. You know, what I mean, I'm glad because some of that's hereditary. You know, what I mean, like my uncles were big drinkers, and one passed away from uh, liver, yeah, his uh, cancer from drinking too much. Uh, you know, what I mean, so I'm glad I I never quite picked up that uh that vice. You know, what I mean, so but you gotta be careful, you know, because some of it can be like not the liquor being hereditary, but like you know having some kind of addiction towards stuff like that you know what i mean so you got to be careful somebody in your family could have that you know so yeah the only time i really drink now is when i'm out at the campground yeah because yeah. <laughs> i know i ain't driving nowhere for one and it and two is just it's just a lot more fun just hanging mm-hmm. out in nature and just drinking a beer watching the sunset oh man it's just it's just it's just perfect setting right there i can just yeah. sit there man campfire get a s'more get a beer Get like a hot dog. I don't know how y'all like your hot dogs, but I like mine a little bit burnt. That's how my dad cook them, no matter what. Even if like, you man, don't like it. Yeah, so. like it's got to be a little bit yeah, burnt. Yeah, you can do a hot dog a little bit. No, if it don't look like the charcoal when it's done, like it ain't done yet. Like put it back on there, man. Get, like like cook it up a little bit more. So that's how I, I like t- to eat. I tell you what, I guess a couple of times I got sick from drinking, and I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm sleeping by the toilet and shit like that. I can't have this feeling, you know. And All it takes is one, one bad night. One bad night. I had this um, shot. Called buttery, buttery nipple or buttery crown or something like that. Oh, you had a buttery nipple. Oh yeah, it was. Maybe that's what it's called. It was very. And I had some buttery nipples in my life. But this Wait, you talking about the drink, right? The drink. Because I don't know where you're going with this nah, story. Nah, right yeah, now. yeah. I like, but going? I had a shot. That one to call. It's like it tastes like butterscotch. And I just kept taking them and taking them. And I was sick for like a whole weekend one time. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Damn. And ever since then, I was like, you know what? I don't drink like that. And I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just trying to. And I was supposed to be the designated driver, and I got drunk. You oh, know what man. I mean? Like, yeah, you so, up. yeah. You so up, at that man. point, yeah, I just never liked to feel sick. And I don't know. My mom always thought I would go out and drink and drive. But shit, I'm like, mom, should I drink? Then I drive. I don't drink and drive. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Right. It's different. You know what I mean? But I never really. I, after that, I was just like, I'm just not a big drinker. It's just not in me. You know. So no, uh, no, not, yeah. not not drinking like that. No, like no. That. Like drinking and driving, that's just that's just. Terrible. And I'm I'm one of the people that's gonna stick to what I know. I like you always say, stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. That's yeah, me exactly. when it comes to drinking. I don't try too much different stuff because I don't know what's gonna do to me. So right, if I that. go somewhere and you got Michelob Ultra or Bud Light or Miller Light, I I might take a shot or two if I know what it is. If I don't know what it is and I'm messing with like say a group of white folks, uh uh-uh, uh, I'll be dead somewhere in the ditch. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't trust it. You know what I mean? I just not a. I know I'll get sick quick. You know, so yeah, so well, that's a good thing to have for me to because it keeps <clears throat> me away from liquor. You know, so well, as long as we drink it responsibly, yeah, just having yeah. a good time, hanging out with friends, right? Always underestimated just to have the designated driver for sure. No, mm-hmm. I always used to be that designated driver because used to, most of the time I don't, I don't like to drink. It was a phase where I just didn't like to drink. Mm-mm. I didn't like beer. Beer, beer was like disgusting to me. But every once mm-hmm. in a while, it's 
the only time I really got really sick sick is like those nights where people were buying shots. Yep. The shots I was like, man, who am I to turn down a free drink? Right. <laughs> like, 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 go ahead, man. Bring me that drink, man. Exactly. But then it was like, you know, man, these free drinks, man, I, I can't keep doing all this, especially if you do something stupid like, you know, drinking <laughs> on an empty stomach. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that that's absolutely worse. My uncle told me for every drink you take, drink a cup of water and that'll keep you level because that's what happens. You get dehydrated and then boom. You that's know that's I mean? good yeah, advice right Yeah, because the, the beer is going or drinks going to dehydrate you or if you don't eat. But he would say, hey, man, every time you take a shot or something, every two shots, drink a cup of water and then, you know, equalize you out because people don't drink water and they just keep drink, 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 and then they get sick, you know, and they throw it up everywhere or whatever or hangover, really bad hangover the next day, you know. So and that's another thing. I had a couple hangovers in my life. I was like, nope, no, I'm not doing this. It's not for me. So, yeah. All it takes is one bad one to make yeah. you take a break for a while. Yeah, yeah. For, and you say, I'm never drinking again. Then the next weekend, you right back in the bar, you know. So Yeah. yeah. Well, Ryan, you, you, you ain't there yet, man, but you're no. you, you still entertaining. I hope you don't become boring when you become sober. I hope you keep that part. <laughs> ain't nothing worse That's, than like a boring-ass sober dude. Oh, man, he ain't got no opinions. He ain't got nothing to talk about. <clears throat> He ain't got no inappropriate jokes. The, the opinions will always be there. You don't got to worry about it. Some people, when they get drunk, they become violent. They become, you know, you don't know how you, some people act different when they get drunk, you know, and you can't control them. Oh, I'm glad you know? I'm at least a funny drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that is a pleasure. You're very funny. <laughs> we'll never say that you're not funny. You're funny sober, so drunk <laughs> amplifies everything else. <laughs> like, oh, Ryan on one tonight. So that, I was definitely thinking that when I was listening last week, so. All right, now we saw some movies. We saw some shows yeah, this past yeah, week, man. We, we, we all geared up, ready for Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't wait, man. Um, we're still, um, I guess, people who listen to it, we're still going to have like a little trivia game, correct? We still, gonna yeah, we're going to do trivia probably yeah. before. And if we didn't get to it all before, then we can do something after. So because we got the theater till four o'clock, so we got a little bit of time to like, you know, mix and mingle, like take photos and that kind of thing. So you know, yeah. it, we'll, we'll kind of wing it a little bit, but I definitely want to give out some of the some of the prizes because I bought some stuff for yeah. uh, for people to get, you know, some for the kids, some right. for the adults, you know. Awesome. Like some something light and breezy, you know, not nothing too fancy, man. Like because everybody got a free ticket. Man, you you know how hard it is to sell people on a free ticket? They talking to us like we're getting ready to sell them timeshare. <laughs> right. He's like, well how much it costs? I'm like, yeah. like nothing. It's like like what do you mean nothing? Like what else y'all doing? Like it's a free ticket. Yeah. We rented the auditorium. Everybody can come in for free who we invite. Right. They people ask me, how the hell y'all do that? Like you pay for it. That's yeah. what you, you, How you rent a theater? What the fuck going on? And then what do I got to do? I'm like, you just show you up. You show man. up. Yeah. Exactly. They make it sound like it's such a like a scam. Or <laughs> I something. know. Oh no, motherfucker, you tricking me. I should do so. I should walk in. I was like, all right, man. Anybody involved in timeshare? I got something better for that. <laughs> People, oh shit! <laughs> All you need is six of your best friends. <laughs> I need their address. <laughs> oh man, oh man, that would be funny. Just looking at him like, oh man, he got us. Yeah, you know, too good it. to be true. Yeah, no. oh. yeah, like it's people that didn't even know you could rent a theater. They're like, how the hell y'all rent the theater out? Like. I didn't even know you could do that. Like I guess you <laughs> only Michael Jackson could do it. Yeah, what the hell? No, was Michael Jackson will rent out a whole entire uh, hotel uh, just right. to have it to himself. The whole floor. <laughs> yeah, it's like weird. But yeah, no, I'm excited. People are just asking me what time, what time, what time should I come? So um, I think I got everybody confirmed that I invited um, some people who still haven't even put if they're not going or whatever. But I think at this point, I think we got everybody we're going to. I think at least what sixty some maybe. Yeah, I calculate about sixty, so it'll be nice, nice. and comfortable. So yeah. yeah, if anybody else show up last minute, like we'll still have some room. Right, right. you got all you got all your guests like uh 
confirmed and everything, at least on Facebook. I like to try to keep it on Facebook so I can keep a good tally of it. But you got everybody confirmed that you need to. I'm going to try to hit that point before <coughs> Friday because, yeah, I had a lot of people bail last time. So I could tell they're scared to even make a commitment this time because they didn't show for Wakanda forever. But I don't, I don't blame him. Well, it shit, was, you uh, damn near didn't show up for Wakanda forever. He walked in like Black Panther and changed already. It was a big game for the Buffalo Bills. I, I walked out the house later than I should have. So I, I apologize for that. That was still a great night out. That was my still my favorite cinematic experience of last year. I, I'm I'm still kind of shocked people didn't enjoy the movie as much as I did. I enjoyed it. The, the opening was incredible. So I'm hoping that Marvel, if they do that again, like give us another great opening, especially for Guardians, since this is the last one. They just they're going to end it on the trilogy, like they said. They're going to move on from this. So I'm hoping they they send them out well, like on a high note, because that'll be very very like important for the Guardians. Because I think these this trilogy is probably up there with like the the Captain America trilogy, in my opinion. I know you have a difference of opinion on the second one, but I thought. Overall, the first two are pretty damn solid as far as like where they're going. And this one sticks a landing. I think this actually might be up there one of the better Marvel trilogies because Thor was kind of, eh, you know, they, they tried. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, yeah, it. I don't want to try to get into the comparison of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to Thor 3 because if we're ranking top five Marvel movies, I, Thor 3 is in that top five. And I'm not even going to lie, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy is... <coughs> Top five as well. All I know is my out of the whole Marvel universe, Captain America three and Captain America two are my two favorite movies. Those are one and two. Civil War and Winter Soldier are my two favorites. Those remaining three spots are I had never really I never sat down and gave thought to what my top five Marvel is, but I just know what my two favorites are. Okay. And Thor Ragnarok and Gardens of the Galaxy are in competition for top five. Not only Top five Marvel, uh, one of the, some of my most enjoyable movies I've ever witnessed in my life. That Guardians of the Galaxy one is is a classic. I, I was shocked how how much I enjoyed that. A lot of people were shocked because uh, I I knew little to nothing about them to begin with. I knew they had some big name stars in there. Vin Diesel was, you know, just I can't believe he got paid so much money just to say I am Groot. Man, that is such a robbery in Hollywood. Show, right there, yeah, showing up to the premieres. <laughs> in like a twig t-shirt something like that look uh, it just it, I, I i am so shocked that vin diesel gets work outside of fast fast and furious sometimes but you know it, it's all good vin diesel he's he's a gym he was supposed to be the next big thing well, well he 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 is and he isn't but that's he, that's a whole other topic for another day yeah. I, I have difference of opinion when it comes to his career overall but I think he just kind of <laughs> not with me. His career sucks overall. No, honestly. he he like Trojan horses way into like some big hit movies that had no business of being big hit movies. So you know, that that's just neither here nor there. We ain't got time to sidetrack with that mm, one. You're not a fan of Triple X One, I'm guessing. <laughs> what yeah, about right. Pitch Black? Y'all didn't like. You didn't I like love Pitch, Black. I, Pitch awesome. Black. I thought he was really going off to something with Pitch Black. Yeah. You know? Now that so was of course a, the second one was trash, but I thought he doubled back and got a good one with a. Uh, was it Riddick? Riddick, yeah. The third one? I mm-hmm. thought that one was pretty damn good. It's all right. It's all right. I, I do think the second one is trash, though. It, yeah. it was such trash based on how they marketed that movie. Is is it was very disappointing. I thought that was going to be my favorite movie of the year. Man, they they, they hoodwinked a lot of us out of that damn movie. Right. They owe me some money or at least an apology. Sure. Yeah. Wasting all my money to go out on a date and watch that movie. I was like, I was apologizing throughout the whole damn date. I was like, man, I'm so sorry for making you sit through that nonsense, oh, man. man. Like, the critics told me that it was pretty good, but uh, obviously, it wasn't the right critics, so. though. Well, I'll carry on. All right, we got our 
we got our standard ovation this yeah. week. All right, Yamaha, if I take lead on this you one, because I'm going to keep the vibe going for Guardians because we're prepping for that one. So my standard ovation this week goes to the legendary, the talented Bradley Cooper. Oh, Because man. I'm anticipating he's going to give us a performance for the ages for this one as he goes out as Rocket, the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, how do y'all feel about Bradley Cooper? Are you guys a fan of his? Of course, I like him. Big fan. Hangover for sure. Big fan. I, I don't think I really knew him until Hangover. I've seen him, and I don't really I don't know. think anybody did. Yeah, until hangover. hangover really put him on the map, and then he started getting stuff to me. I know he did stuff before that, probably, but. Now, do y'all remember him from Wedding Crashers? Because that's why I think I really got introduced to him. Maybe it was a movie before, but that was the first movie that I remember of I remember him anything. being early in his. Remember, uh, he was like that asshole, like boyfriend. Uh, I can't remember his the name. The one that was uh, cheating on the girl. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he found it like in the back. He found him in the bathroom, maybe with somebody. No, it, I can't. Yeah. I can't remember because I haven't seen Wedding Crashes in a while. But I remember like that that movie in particular. That's why I remember. It's like, oh damn, I remember that was like Bradley Cooper. I remember him in that movie, and he was like, he was funny. I'm but I didn't watch that. I remember loving that movie, but I don't remember him in that. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I haven't seen that movie in over ten years, but I loved that movie when it came out. And I. I've been hearing rumors that they're going to try to make a sequel. I'm not sure how exactly that's going to work out. You got to bring Will Ferrell back. Well, you got to, because, well, you know, Owen Wilson, he, he's still doing pretty good. Vince Vaughn. What was that? Was Vince, Will Ferrell was in that? Will Ferrell, he had a part at the end of it. He, remember, uh, he, was, he was like the OG like, crasher oh, that oh, taught okay, him everything okay, that they okay, know. Yeah, he was yeah, still yeah. staying home with his parents, right? And, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> he was that guy. <laughs> it's like, this guy might be on something. <laughs> Well, but I, I just thought that Bradley Cooper, like maybe it's just me, but I thought he exceeded my expectations as far as when I first saw him in Wedding Crash. And then, of course, he starts moving on and up and starts doing like more and more movies. And I thought like his his peak to me so far has been a uh, what is it? The one a star is born. Where he, uh, I haven't I, seen. I haven't seen. You haven't seen that you one. Owe Lady Gaga? Your, you owe it to yourself, Sean. That's what Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know now, that's that, not really. I'm My telling you, tea, but I have been I didn't think off. it would be either. Yeah. I don't know. You might have to try a different team, man. I know. This, this yeah. might be it. Because I, I watched that just because my wife wanted to watch it. Because I think this is like what the third like a uh, rendition of this movie. Yeah, because I yes, think uh, Barbara Streisand did her version of it. Uh, you are earlier, correct, and I can't remember who did it. Was she the Was she the first one or the second one? Because I can't remember how many. I think there's three versions. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. But I think they made Barbara Streisand was absolutely the second one. They made another one in the 50s, and the actress I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. But Barbara Streisand was the second one. Okay. All right. Now, as far as his like as like his credits, Stars Born. I think like that's that was him at the top of his game. Of course, he got popular over The Hangover, which was a one of the biggest sleeper hits that I can remember in modern day history, like the movie that carried on like word of mouth and it mm-hmm. made like a huge, like shitload of money. And of course with that kind of success, they try to carry on and make more and more sequels. And those sequels just got worse as, as time went on. But we don't want to talk about that one. Uh, American sniper. I thought was a great movie of his Clint Eastwood did a great job directing that one. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which I feel like is an underrated movie. Underrated. Very like over time. That's a movie was, I thought I would hate actually. No, that right, was actually really born. good. It is, yeah. It, it was just like the stars born. I did not think I would like that movie, and that actually, um, I kind of respected what Chris Tucker was trying to do with his career. I, I always forget that Chris I, Tucker was in it, but him in that movie, it was like a perfect watered down version of what we remember uh, Chris Tucker as. Exactly. 
Now, he, he didn't want to get typecast. Is, is it really to say watered down Chris Tucker because because he he's saved now, so he's trying to do like a cleaner version of what he used to be. Well, he was amped up to a hundred uh, during the Rush Hour sequels. All right, I don't want to talk about somebody's religion, but you think it was a mistake that he got saved after he became like rich and famous because he can't really go back to that style of comedy that made him popular, like the cursing, like mm-hmm. the like doing Friday and like money talks and all that stuff. Like he can't go back to that. Rush Hour was. Uh, I think that was around the time where he did go through that phase where he, like he's saved, like he's going to church, he's trying to you know live the live the right path or whatever, no, whatnot. But I feel like he hasn't really been the same since. No, not the same comedian, not the same actor. Now, of course, like once you get into a role like that where you have like a legacy, like a kind of movie going on, like you can just get paid for doing stuff like that, and you really don't have to be quote unquote as funny as you used to be anymore. It's kind of like how I feel like Eddie Murphy is. <clears throat> He's taking a lot of millions for the check, but he ain't really that funny anymore. Not to me. Yeah. Uh, Chris Tucker had the opportunity to go full late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't remember. Just paycheck, paycheck, paycheck for crap. Keep getting those $10, 20000000 million paychecks. Chris Tucker, post-Rush Hour 1, he had himself in position to do that. Uh, I think it was a good I, – I don't think he would I – don't, I don't think Chris Tucker would have really survived because as open as he's been about – some of what he does behind the scenes and how careless he is with money and how much people were relying on him for that, for his income. Uh, it, it's probably a good thing because he might, he might've, yeah, we might, he might not still be breathing right now. So yeah, hopefully he's a little more financially stable and he's still got some of that rush hour trilogy money and he can just take the work. And from somebody who I, I finally saw the movie air uh, a couple days ago. Oh, you saw it? Damn, I, I, I still want to see that. Really, and really it, uh, if you look it up online, they're going to say that movie had a $70 million budget. But you can tell that money went to the cast for sure because there's similar movies that that were that are made for $5 million. So the only reason that will be listed, they paid those, the Matt Damons, the Ben Afflecks, they paid them well for that. But we'll we'll get into that further. Um yeah, yeah, uh, very, very good stand ovation. All time. right, get back to my guy Bradley. Uh, other credits: uh, Limitless, which I thought was a pretty good one. And of course, Guardians, Nightmare Alley, which I think you recommended that I, I love watch that. That was in my top ten that year. I thought that was a really good movie, so I have to give you credit for making me watch that one. I thought that one was actually pretty good. Uh, American Hustle with Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Jennifer Lawrence. I thought that was a pretty good one. Now, if there's one movie Jennifer Lawrence was miscast in, it you- was. American Hustle. You thought so? Somebody 20 years older than her, some tramp walking around in nightgowns, cigarette after cigarette. She, she, it didn't, it didn't, she's walking, she's in her mid 20s, walking around with people in their mid 40s. And just her behavior, she was miscast. Jennifer Lawrence is gorgeous and very talented actress, but she was miscasting that. These movies you're naming, I have issues with, including American Hustle, American Sniper. I have a lot of issues with. A lot of people did. But Bradley Cooper is yeah. not it, though. He <laughs> was absolute. If I don't, I don't remember what the Academy Awards were, but he should have been nominated for Best Actor. Like he knocked that role out of the park. Bradley Cooper in American Sniper is one for if acting one on one. If you're an actor, classes you need to watch Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. He was he was awesome in that, and of course, one that I think don't get enough credit, even though I it's kind of a guilty pleasure. The A Team, 
Y'all remember that came out with uh, William Neeson? William Neeson had a uh, rampage in there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed that one. I'm, I'm, it's kind of sad that most people don't give it as much as the credit that I think is is deserving. But after I, I saw that good. Hobbs and Shaw atrocity, a team looks even better now. <laughs> I like Hobbs and Shaw. Man, you man. better stop crapping on Hobbs. All right, man, wait, wait your turn, man. Sit back. All right, <laughs> All right. War Dogs. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, Valentine's Day was something that my wife. Like like so watch all those romantic comedies that he's that he's been in. Uh Failure to Launch is another one that he had a small part in. Like he was Matthew McConaughey's uh best friend. Uh Yes Man with uh Jim Carrey. He had a small part in that one, being his best friend. Like he has a pretty good like career so far. And I think he might be one of those people that's gonna have like a nice career afterwards when he's like done in front of the camera. He has a, a career behind the camera, I think. He's a pretty good director because I think a Star is Born was one of the better movies that I've seen in the past five years. He did years. direct that. Yeah, that was yeah. that movie was that a modern classic. I and he even has another cheat code to add to this. He can sing. Hmm. What? He is a pretty damn good singer. He won a Grammy with Lady Gaga for that original song. So that uh, was his actual voice. Yeah, that was actually him singing. Okay. Right, I didn't know that. He is a really good singer. Like, like ain't that a, don't that piss you off? It's bad enough the man is handsome and he can <laughs> act. Now he can sing. If I find out this dude can break dance, I, I'm just gonna throw my whole life away, man. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm, I'm just wasting right here, man. Like, ain't no reason why this handsome ass man should be walking around with the rest of us. Like, leave us some women. Like, leave us something, man. This dude is too damn talented. I hate people like that. Like, just take one talent and just run with it. Why you got to start singing all of a sudden? Like, beautiful voice, absolutely beautiful voice. Almost like he like country music, but not not quite. Wow. Standing ovation to this man. Like, great career, doing great so far. What's your favorite movie of his? Just so we can close man, that I can't out. see past Hangover, man. I just I see him as that character. I know it's probably better performances, but I just see him in the first Hangover. I mean, I, I, the whole trilogy, of course, but I can only see him as Hangover for some reason. I'm so agree you, with you, Sean. That's uh, my favorite. Role so you prefer him <clears throat> in comedies as opposed to like your yeah, more dramatic I, I, stuff? I thought he did pretty good as uh, that character he was portraying because he was. He was definitely off the chains, but he was funny too, though. You know, I, I would I, say everybody's perfectly cl- cast, cast in that movie. Yeah, that was a <laughs> every, every yeah. character is perfectly cast. Yeah. Hangover is lightning in a bottle. Oh my! And God. they couldn't recapture that with the sequels. Oh. But that first one is the stuff of legend. <laughs> that is one. That is one of the most all time oh, funny shit, movies. Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mike Tyson in there. Even Mike Epps having a small party uh, yeah. there. I was like, oh, man, I did not see that coming. Hey, it's Black Duck. Stop coming Black Duck, Mike. Yeah, it was great, man. Well, we ain't going to talk about Ryan and blackness around here. Stop calling me Black Duck. No, no. Blackness is secure. Oh, you man. You know what? Bradley Cooper is secure. Oh, he deserves that. And I, I hope we get some him leaning into the Ben Affleck side of things. I think so. Spend more time behind the camera. Yeah, because he, Star is Born was unexpectedly great. No, I thought it, I thought it was it was a lot better than I thought. I had no desire to watch that movie, and then my wife talked me into watching it. I was like, man, this is actually pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And I can't tell her stuff like that because then she'll have more permission to start picking other movies. So, babe, I'm sorry, but you don't bat a thousand. You, you had like you had like you know like two hundred, which is solid for some people, but for you, that's like, oh man, this is really hit and miss with you sometimes. Sometimes she'd pick a movie and fall asleep on it. 
That's yeah. what it's like having a having having a woman around. Yeah, I know it because they always complain like you never let them pick the movie, and then all of a sudden you let them pick the movie, and then they nod off and they fall asleep on their own movie. Yeah. It's like really, come on, man. So, so watching oh, the movie set, setting the tone, you turn the lights off, you get comfortable, you got snacks. That just puts people to sleep. My dad's one of them. He can't stay away from shit. You know, as soon as them lights go out, he's, that <laughs> recliner rolls back. That's it. New wake up halfway. What happened? Man, get out of here. You should watch the shit. You know, some people just can't help it. It's, it's such a soothing thing, you know. So. Well, I guarantee Pinochle time will take place. He's throwing a Star is Born on a date. Oh, that yeah. That girl's going to appreciate sitting there watching that movie for sure. Oh, man. Pinochle like, time is taking place. No, horror movies is for me. I throw in the horror movies for Pinochle time. Oh, females yeah. love it. They eat it up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Oh. Yeah, I sat through a lot of crap just to get yeah. pinochle time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, Michael Myers, is he's my friend, man. He got me a lot of pinochle time, man. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, you need to send them a check. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers don't know what they've been doing for these last 20 years. Man. Ooh, you seen this, Sean? Mm-mm. This is The Conjuring? I've never seen this. I've seen that shit 15 times. <laughs> Ooh, this shit's scary, huh? You go sit by me, huh? Man, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, you know. I, you I know your game. You be <laughs> watching in the summertime when they got a sundress on and nothing else. Ooh, this is scary. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, y'all, 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 y'all. <laughs> oh, man. The single life. Y'all, uh, got, y'all got me bugging up, man. I got to do all kinds of work. Got to set traps, man. Mm. I got to set no trap. I'm like, hey, baby, you want to cuddle? Give her a little head rub, uh, <laughs> kiss her on the forehead. Oh yeah, halfway in the bag right now. Does she know those tricks though, uh, Tommy. Did you cut the grass? God damn it! <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do some more shit than this. That those dishes not gonna put themselves away, Tommy. Well, you better get to it. <laughs> I ain't falling for that. I oh, take care of the outside. You take care of the inside. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Don't tell me to do dishes. Man. Oh man, uh, it's I gotta be clockwork. Tommy knows exactly when pinochle time is Oh, happening. yeah. T- yeah, throughout the week. He's but got it down on the calendar. you got to spice it up, though. You got to spice it up. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, well, it's Wednesday, baby. You know, you got to be a little more. When I get comfortable relationships, yeah, I don't even, I don't even try to force nothing. Yeah, yeah. I just pretty much set in stone when pinochle time happens. Once you're comfortable in a relationship and somebody's never been married, I can imagine marriage is not too far off. No oh, man, I already, I already know what my cheat code is, and Holly, if you're listening, yeah, I'm on to you. I know exactly <laughs> what it is. I always know when, whenever she sees me do like handyman work around mm-hmm. the house, whenever I'm walking around, I'll be walking around. Well, well, my wife beat her on, man. Got, you know, got my arms out. I started sweating a little bit. I started fixing something. If I fix anything around the house, like I fix the faucet or I fix like something in the washer or something like that, like the washer's acting up. Like, oh man, if I change something, like anything around the house, I change the light bulb. She's like, oh, oh man. man. Like you look, uh, like you look so sexy. Like when you be fixing stuff. Like you look so good. Oh, uh, I, uh, I need to start writing this shit down. I right. saw a meme. This dude, he turned the furnace off in the house, but it was just a switch, a light switch. <laughs> and his wife was like, "It's cold. I don't know what's wrong." He was like, "I'm gonna act like I'm fixing it." So he, he took the door off of it, but it's just a switch, and she don't know how it works. And he, she was like, "Ooh, I had to go inside there and do all kind of stuff." He, he said, "I just turned the switch back on, and her the furnace came back on." She was like, "Oh." Babe, you were amazing. He was like, "Yeah, getting some booty tonight." And I was like, "Man, that was really smart, man. That's cool. That is yeah. that is a smart ass man. Yeah, that yeah. is a smart man. Yeah, like he had to go get tools and different shit for it. He only got to turn the switch back on. <laughs> yeah, like it was a big deal. Right. Like, oh, oh that's man, legend stuff. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's prime pinnacle. That's oh. that's the golden platinum membership right there. 
That so, is that is, that is so clever. Oh yeah, that is so clever. We giving away game right now. Yeah, yeah. I hope our sure. female audience ain't taking notes and passing on to their friends. <laughs> this is this is trade secrets right now. All right, man. Oh, just yeah. Keep it keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself, man. Men, y'all got y'all got a nice little game going, Ryan. Hope you're taking notes. Yeah, you, you I am. I'm writing all this down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got a furnace is turned out. Yeah. Is this a switch? I know how to work that switchboard. It's all written there by the I'm repairman. talking like a light switch. She didn't know that's what it took for it to come on and off because she just didn't never mess with it. And he's like, yeah, she has no idea that it's just this switch that turns this thing on and off because it comes on automatically and he turned it off. <laughs> she was freezing. And he just acted like he had to replace the whole damn furnace, but really he just turned that light switch back on. That was hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, that's a happier ending than yeah. the, uh, He's a lot smarter than the rest <laughs> oh, of us. No, man. It's <laughs> oh. advanced. Brian, um, I'm try and show who got their stand uh, ovation ready. Okay, I can, I can go. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son. I'm going to go with oh, him, man. Oh, really? Fitting. I, think I, I, I watched I, Cocaine Bear finally oh, really? as well. Really? So we'll get to that. I think I like this guy, man. Um, he definitely is more Ice Cube than Ice Cube. He's looking more like Ice Cube than Ice Cube himself in some of this stuff I see him in. I was watching a um, hot boxing with Mike Tyson, and it had Ice Cube in one of them, and he was just saying that um, he he didn't have to – he wanted him to play him his uh, Ice Cube in the movie. He, Ice Cube wanted his son to play him in the movie, and he was like, um, he thought he was going to have to, you know, make him do it. And he was like, ah, you know, I was just trying to get him into business and stuff, and I thought I was going to make him, but he just took off, and now he's doing all these movies. But he said he's doing all the movies that he loved as a kid because he said, yeah, he liked Star Wars as a kid. And now he's in Star Wars. He, he liked Godzilla. And now he's in Godzilla. What was and he in Star Wars? He was in the Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, oh yeah, 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 I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, and he was just saying that he's so proud of his son. And I thought about it, like, man, I'm gonna do him as a standing ovation. He was just saying that he's playing the roles of his stuff that he liked as a kid, all the cartoons and movies that he liked. And so, how about I give him a, a shout out tonight? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Straight out of Compton. That's when I first saw him. He did played Ice Cube. I thought he did a great job. Everybody was saying like, "Damn, he looks like Ice Cube." You know, and he did a good job. <laughs> spitting image. Spitting image. I mean, even sound like him. You know, what I mean, like everything. Um, Den of Thieves. He was in that. That was actually I, pretty I, good. Was good. Yeah, one. I enjoyed that. Because usually I'm a little bit standoffish of any movie that has cent. Fifty yeah, Cent. In it. Yeah, Fifty Cent. Yeah, but that was actually that was actually all right. Um, Cocaine Bear. We'll get to that. I'm pretty sure Ryan give us his his uh, thoughts on Cocaine Bear. Hilarious to me. He was funny in that. Um, he he he's a good actor. He that worked for him. Have you seen him in the Long Shot with uh yeah, Charlie Theron? Yes, he played uh Seth Rogen's friend, right? He was yeah, funny. He as was hell. funny as he hell. was funny as hell. Was that a good movie? Guys? I like that. That was a great I like movie. That, yeah. I was I, that. I wanted to see that. It looked good. Charlie Theron usually doesn't make bad movies per no. se, but her and Seth Rogen in that movie they they work perfectly. She's together. running for president, right? Or she's was a she? sen- senator or something. I think he's the president or. Something like that. She yeah, was she, was, she was a already. politician yeah, or something yeah. like that. So she was running for office. Yep. yep. And like he, like uh, Seth Rogen gets hired to be like her uh, speechwriter or something like that. Right. Then they end up falling for each other. And you, you, you kind of see how it goes. Because a woman like that being with a dude like that. Not going to happen. Yeah. But nah, she nah. was his babysitter or something way back in the day. Yeah. Like they knew yeah, each other yeah, before she yeah. became like a politician. Right. Right. So that's a good one. That's really good. It's funny. I think that's on HBO Max in case yeah. y'all want to go. Yep. Yeah, it is one. on long shots on HBO Max. And, uh, uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson, plays Seth Rogen's friend. They work together in the office and stuff. So he has, he's kind of like that sidekick character. He's he's not going to get his own movie or nothing quite yet. But uh, I think the Cocaine Bear really was more of a showcase on him, too. You know what I mean? But all these other movies is kind of like 
he's like the supporting actor, you know what I mean? Or, or just somebody on the side still, but he get enough screenplay like Godzilla. He was like a soldier in Godzilla. Um, the one with, uh, uh Mothra, all those. Yeah. Uh, it might be the yeah. best of this current series. Yeah. I yeah, think the King I, of the monsters, King of the monsters. He played in that. He was one of the military guys in the ship and he, he had a few nice little roles. Ingrid goes West. I haven't seen that. Ingrid goes West. Okay. I don't remember seeing that. Is that the one with Sean, Plaza? Yeah. Tommy. Um, Watch that movie. Because it, you, you mentioned this, right? No, no. Okay. Not, probably not in a podcast, but I adored that movie. And um, not until you just mentioned O'Shea Jackson and I start images of the movies he's been in, outside of Cocaine Bear, that's the first movie that popped up. And um, thinking back on it, I was really gassing up that, that Aubrey Plaza movie, uh, Emily the Criminal. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's it's got Scarlet Witch in there as and our she plays a social media influencer named Go West. Audrey Plaza plays a character who's obsessed with her, stalks her, ends up becoming best friends. O'Shea Jackson plays a wannabe screenwriter who thinks he's writing the best Batman script of all time. Oh yeah, that might be good. That might Angry that. Goes West. It's got, Watch um, that movie. Kurt Russell's son in it too. Um, the dude who played uh, oh Wyatt Russell, Wyatt Russell, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's yep. um, what's the Olsen Elizabeth Olsen's yeah, boyfriend yeah. in that? Okay, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, Audrey Plaza, Ingrid Goes West, Emily the Criminal, you will get Pinochle Time, Sean Guaranteed, <laughs> and all three of us are movie lovers. Watch those two movies. All right, I'm keep that on the Pinochle list. All right. Um, <laughs> the right. Uh, Just Mercy. I haven't seen that with Jamie Foxx and um, Michael B. Jordan. Wait, I, he I, had a part of it? There must have been some small part in there. Was that, yeah. that true story about the soldier that died? Uh, no. No, Just Mercy is when uh, Jamie Foxx is a guy on death row for right. killing somebody. And, yeah. Oh, right. He's an attorney. Michael B. Jordan was an attorney, and it had like um, Brie Larson. And I don't remember uh, O'Shea Jackson being in that movie. It must have been a really small part. I never saw that. Must have been a small part. Have, have you guys seen that? I have I seen, have it. seen it. it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I might check that out. Um, Wasn't he in Kong versus Godzilla? Yeah, that's the one I you – no, know, he was just in the – was he in Kong versus Godzilla? I thought he was one of the soldiers or something. He was movie. in that, uh, the one before that, uh, he Godzilla was King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah, he, he play, yeah, I just mentioned that. He was like one of the military higher-ups. Or he was the one when they first got there and they fought the three-headed dragon thing. Right, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was he had a nice little couple little roles. Um, and then, of course, like I said, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He doesn't have a whole lot. He's only got like eight or nine things he's done. Uh, he's just new, 32 years old. He's got one of the famous dads of all time. His dad's one of the best rappers of all time and with the, one of the best groups of all time in NWA. Uh, yeah, one, of the, co- yeah, one of the best movie careers Yeah, of all time. yeah, Ice Cube, yeah. So uh got some big shoes to fill, but I think he's doing good so far. 32 years old from L.A. You know, like I said, he's got some big shoes to fill. He played in that Obi-Wan Kenobi series where he, you know, he got to play in Star Wars. And he's been in Star Wars and Godzilla and, you know, in a couple of movies already. That's big time, you know. I mean, these are... Big like big projects for somebody that's up and coming, you know. So yeah, yeah so I'm like, I thought I would give it to him tonight. And the cocaine bear is still on my mind. I still thought that was funny. Um, we'll see what Ryan thinks about it. But yeah, I want to hear. About yeah, that. that was fresh. He, that was his last thing he's done was cocaine bear. So, uh, but I think a lot of people were going to think of straight out of Compton or um, or or cocaine bear. Maybe now, you know, maybe those two are, would be uh, his, you know, his two best so far. So. I'm gonna give it to him tonight, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube Jr., whatever you want to call him. That's my standing ovation. So. No, Baby Cube. I'm rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah me I'm too. rooting for Baby Cube. Me too. Yeah. 
Let's hope he's not like Creed. Creed didn't like you calling him Baby Creed. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that shit at all. Yeah, no. No, man. It's, he he has a little bit of a Chico having a famous dad, but as long as I can see that he can stand on his own, I think he's, he's going to have a pretty good career. That's even if, if he wants to continue acting. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? He might want to do some work behind the scene or something like that. Who knows? But... As far as like being on camera, I thought he's he's he was pretty good in Den of Thieves. I actually enjoyed that movie. I didn't no, think that it was movie, surprisingly awesome. It was surprisingly good. Uh, I think the key is don't make Fifty Cent like the main centerpiece of, of it. Always movie. a plus. Like always, let, let, a him, let him play the background or something like that. And then you have a pretty good shot of having a a decent movie. And I thought <laughs> I thought that one was actually pretty damn good. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. Oh. Ryan, what you got for stand ovation <clears throat> this week? All right. Um, it's Ray J, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you'll see Kim K is a stand ovation before that guy. And, yeah, if Ray J dies mysteriously, FBI police, I am a suspect. Heads up on that. <laughs> I hope he don't die. Uh, I feel like I've killed the Antichrist if that happens. But, <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a uh, quote from uh, one of my favorite people in movies, period, that popped up on Twitter. I'm going to start that off. And I do apologize if I've mentioned this guy as my stain ovation before. But this quote really hit home for me. I just want to just read this off real quick. It's not going to be Ryan quick, but real quick. I started to reflect on all of us who work in the movies from the studios, distributors, executives, theater owners, marketers, the people serving popcorn. We are all engaged in a process that in some small way can make the world a better place. Does it really make the world a better place? It's an absolute good because we all work in what is the greatest art form ever created. The one that combines pictorial beauty, two-dimensional, three-dimensional, sound, music, and language. It can combine the subjective experience of another human being the way a novel can, but it can combine that at the same time with the empathetic experience being in a theater and feeling what the rest of the audience is feeling. I'm often accused of magical thinking, nostalgia, of daydreaming as opposed to a sound business plan. It's taken the last few years for us all to realize that when you're talking about movies, magical thinking, nostalgia, daydreaming, that is the sound business plan. It's the only sound business plan. That's what movies are. And whatever spires and aspirations and dreamlike stories are allowed to come out of this medium stands on the foundation built in your theaters. This speech was given by one of the legendary filmmakers of our era at CinemaCon, which is an exhibition for theater owners where the studios showcase what's going to be coming out this year. And the theater owners can kind of calculate how much box office each of these products are going to generate and they can come up with their, as this director pinpointed, business plans for the year and what they can expect to gross. That quote was from the person that saved Batman, in my opinion, the director of the Dark Knight trilogy, Mr. Christopher Nolan. Salute. I'm a big fan. A huge fan. Huge fan. I thought you were um, say Joel Schumacher. Oh, God, we ain't bringing that. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about that. I do have a soft spot for Batman forever, but... I don't know why. I, I do. Jim Carrey was the man. Uh, big, big Jim Carrey Riddler fan. I, I even say that's a superior Riddler than the one we got with uh, Mr. Twilight. But um, 
I I want to bring you guys back to a time. I would even say more so me at 38, the year 2000. I was, I was a lot of people are movie fans, but I was fully obsessed in, in, in movies and the internet was still somewhat new. The landscape of the movie internet and in the year 2000 was not the same as it is. YouTube wasn't out yet. So a lot of the stuff that you saw online, you pretty much had to read. Any video that you wanted to watch, you actually had to download a file, which took two hours, and then you can watch a trailer after spending two hours downloading it on repeat. But most of the hype for movies were written in the standard format of articles. And there was, outside of Gladiator that year, the movie that had the most hype online was a movie called Memento about a guy who with short-term short-term memory loss who has to remember his pretty much life by tattoos and photographs. And this is a movie that it was brilliant at the time. It's tried to have been copied, but it's never been successfully emulated. It plays in reverse. I'm not spoiling anything. So when you start the movie, you're seeing the end of the movie. But because you're watching it through this person's eyes and putting those puzzles together, it is it is absolutely brilliant. Memento from 2000 is an absolute masterpiece. And Christopher Nolan was on my radar ever since. A guy with short-term memory loss who has to rely on photographs and his tattoos. And you see it's not only through his eyes, but you see how other people try to manipulate him once they figure out the condition that he has absolute masterpiece um follow that up with insomnia a movie i didn't catch in the theater like i did memento because it didn't have the same hype but i implore you if you're an al pacino fan robert uh robin williams fan if you want to see robin williams play a, a very good bad guy insomnia is absolutely fantastic and even even further motivation to never want to live in the state of Alaska and a movie that rocked my world. Like a lot of other people, Batman begins in 2005. And I walked out of Batman begins at a little crappy theater at my awesome college, Bowling Green, Ohio. I knew I had seen my favorite Batman film of all time walking out of that theater. That was a word of mouth hit that got Batman back on course, they took a long break after the atrocity, which is Batman and Robin in '97. Batman Begins was a masterpiece, in my opinion. Now, you guys already know how I feel about The Dark Knight. That's my favorite combo movie of all time, and I think we all like and have seen Inception. I'm going to put, if we're ranking Christopher Nolan movies, I'm going to put The Dark Knight number one. Batman Begins at number three. Number two is his 2006 movie with Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman called The Prestige about warring magicians in the early 1900s. And it even has the legendary singer, uh, what's, oh, is it Bowie, who's married to the black uh, oh, model? Uh, Iman? Iman, yeah. Yeah, that was David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. Uh, he plays Nikolai Tesla in uh, in The Prestige, and it, it's utterly fantastic. 
I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was introduced to Nikolai Tesla in 2006 after seeing the proceed on DVD. So it was either 2006 or 2007 being introduced to this movie through a friend on DVD where I realized this is the real guy who invented electricity. The prestige is one of the best movies ever, ever made. Um, Inception. I think we've all recognized that greatness flaws and all. I still like the dark Knight rises. It's, it's the worst of the trilogy. Interstellar 2014. Great cinematography, best soundtrack maybe of the past 20 years. Yeah, that score was incredible. That score was incredible. That score makes me want to do stuff in life. I ain't never thought. I'm like, man, you know what? <laughs> you can I'm, run through a brick wall off that score. I know. I'm like, man, you know what? I want to go into space. Yeah, no. Yeah, that really, there's a few other movies. Uh, I even put Event Horizon in that category that makes space look utterly terrifying. Interstellar. Well, that, that's a horror movie in space. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's one of the that worst is, films yeah. in the world. Oh, Lawrence Fishburne going against that. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> it's because of that movie. I'm like, man, if I ever see a black hole, I ain't never going <laughs> never there. Going near that damn black hole. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Stay away. I'm like, and then Horizon told me that I should never go near it. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, hope hell's nothing like what they depicted in that. Well, it's better than the one they put in the spawn. That's what they're sure. Yeah. <laughs> it can't get worse than that. He For could. sure. Shout out to Michael Jawai. He's got a new movie coming out that he directed, actually, at West. He always, West got, he always got a movie coming out, man. I'm like, Michael Jawai. <laughs> A national treasure, a national treasure. He's trying to be like the modern day John Claude Van Damme, just like constantly making movies. Non-stop. He's still in shape though. At yeah, John Claude Van Damme was in the obese stage in his mid forties. At least Michael Jai White's still in great shape in his sixties. Uh, Dunkirk, uh, great movie, great movie. I, I, I thought enjoyed, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it was Dunkirk. Tenant. They don't understand what the hell is going on. They don't know what the hell is going on. But yeah, it was very, very entertaining. Well, nice to look at, but hard to figure out. It was great, yeah. All of them are, except for Batman, a lot of Interstellar, Inception. You got to really do your work to figure some of that stuff out. I do. And and a part of me, I really feel, I don't don't know if it's true or not, but I do feel that a part of him is ashamed that his best movie um, is a guy that dresses up as a bat and a guy that paints his face as a clown. I really feel he feels he's above that. And he's trying to outdo himself. That's why these movies are so confusing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he had these movies planned out since he was 10 years old. Who knows? But I do feel that part of him doesn't want his best movie to be a movie dressed up as a bat and a guy, which I think it will be. And yeah. And what's wrong with that? Uh, Nothing to me. It's a classic. He should not be ashamed. And he is, he pretty much saved a movie still because one of my favorite moments. Watching movies, however you feel. You about better not say nothing about the damn dog. About the dog. Uh, no, that's that's been said and done. Yeah, that's up there too. But if no, you, it's not. It, damn it! it, it what's it, wrong it, with you, man? I, 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 there's a lot of classic scenes in Dark Knight. It still has the best magic trick of all time. But that oh. dog getting punched at the end at the, when he was about to fight the Joker. I didn't see that one coming. What, I, I didn't see it. What about this Oppenheimer? When's Ooh, that, coming? I, that comes out this summer. And outside, why of, am I hype about an Oppenheimer movie? It looks dope because of Christopher Nolan. Now, if this movie was uh, coming out from a lesser filmmaker, then yeah, the hype wouldn't be there. But he's one of the few filmmakers where you can say a Christopher Nolan film, and most people are gonna say, "Okay, I, I might, I might have to make time to see that in the theater." I would even argue that it's only him That's and good. and. 
Quentin Tarantino. You got a huge cast I, too. Oh, one of the yeah, cast is outstanding. I'll make the argument that for Jit and we're not in the nineties anymore, so Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese, I would say they have a better filmography than I just named. But for right now, I would make the argument that only Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino are the only directors that will make you go to the movie because they directed it. Uh, we can debate that another time. Yeah. But yes, Oppenheimer, I, I can't wait. And outside of Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse 2, that might be my second most anticipated movie of the year. And Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Martin Scorsese have a movie coming out this year. So for me to put Oppenheimer above that, that says a lot to his name. Uh, Tenet came out during COVID and there was all kind of unnecessary hype. This is going to save cinema and get people back to the theaters. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't that it, it definitely wasn't. I enjoyed tenant watching it at home. I don't feel any regret for not seeing that in the theater. That was not it. Now, if I didn't see the dark Knight with Heath Ledger in that, in the theater, I would have felt ashamed of myself. And, and one friend even told me <laughs> I'm mad. I missed this in the theater. This this might be the best movie ever made. I'll never forget that. I'll let him brawl it my was, Dark Knight DVD. It was by far very ambitious for very, what it was. Very, It was just overhyped as far as this is going to get people back to the cinema. It was good. It, it, it was it was, was just it was just too confusing. Exactly. Like I said, movies are supposed to be entertaining. You shouldn't be making movies like that where we need a think piece on it to try to figure out what we watch. I watched it three times. I still don't know what I watched. No. And that was the only movie of his. Uh, Inception confused a lot of people. No, Inception but, was far more digestible than Tenet. Tenet was just like it was. It was like man, like he's like he had Neil deGrasse Tyson like write the script for this. <laughs> but I was like, man, like he does what now? So part of him lives in reverse. The other part of him like moves forward, and they meet in the middle. Like, yeah. like I don't, I don't get it. Like, like Christopher Nolan. Like, like I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll let you wrap it up. But Christopher Nolan, man, sometimes you just be overthinking. Like a movie script, sometimes, man. You he don't does. need to do all that, man. We want to be entertained, and you do make very entertaining, like a uh, thought-provoking movies. But for the most part, don't be doing all this stuff to us, man. My brain be on overload just knowing I gotta. I got to pay attention to every single thing that goes on to the movie because every little detail about his movies, it really like the small things like made like the biggest like uh, impact on the movie. And I, I hate having to overthink a movie like that. So yeah, this is a bit of button on this. Christopher Nolan, we all love you. Absolutely. Ryan loves you. Like, Absolutely. Like, like we're a great. And he fan. encourages people to go see stuff in the theater and encourages that his and wife I, is his producing partner. And I stand he works with his brother as a co-writer and, uh, yeah, he's he's an absolute legend. Yeah, because he is an advocate for uh, cinema. He like he understands like some movies need to be watched in the theater, not at home, and he understands that point of view. So I understand what he was trying to do with Tenet, but it just maybe that wasn't it for me. You know, but if, not, let's not just say not that's not John movie. David Washington because if he, that's he your worst great. movie in your catalog, you have a great career. If Tenet's your worst movie in your catalog, you have a wonderful career, an absolute wonderful career. I probably wouldn't say it was ten. I'd probably say Interstellar. Interstellar, Ooh. I feel like it should have been bigger than what it was. I feel like it was one of those movies where Matthew McConaughey was old one. Like that was after he won his Oscar. So you know, after you win your Oscar, they try to give you like a big budget. He was like movie. the thing at that point. Yeah, when you're high, they give you they give you like all they give you like the the big uh, script, whatever, like the big blockbuster of the year. They try to give that to him, and I was like, eh, I don't know if that was it, but that's just me. Beyond because the ending was kind of like eye rolling. 
I didn't. I didn't. I didn't that, yeah, that was the last three minutes. I didn't like. Yeah, it was like. Um, but I'm sorry, man. Uh, Christopher Nolan. I'm. I'm a fan. Like we're all fans right around here. So, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for being an advocate for theaters, for getting people back into theaters. You know, getting us away from the streaming because I think we need to get away from that phase. We need to get oh, away that's from. About to take a hit too. We're going to get into that. In oh man, we, we got to get to that. But you know, streaming like it has its place for COVID. But now we're out of that. We need to get back to like what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be going back into the theaters. So, yeah, that's just my PSA for everybody out there. We are theater advocates. Absolutely. And I'm a drive-in theater advocate above all else because I love the drive-in movies. Pinochle time and movies. I like it. <laughs> Man, come on. Every once in a while, I just want to cut. <laughs> like, get off me, woman. Come on now. No no boundaries. My body, my choice. I've got to go to a drive-in before I die. I've got to. If you go to a drive-in with a truck bed, everybody know you ain't watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my wife were both looking at some truck next week. It's like, man, they they laying in the bed already. They got the blanket out. They got an air mattress. I was like, man, what's up there? Everybody know what's going on next. And then we're just like, no, we're just going to let them get, like, like, go ahead. Get out to the player. Like, do what you got to do. Like you came all the way to the theater to watch Super Mario. No, you didn't. That's what you call (laughs) sneaky link. Oh, yeah. Teenagers probably love. Love drive-ins. Oh, man. big time. It's yeah. good. Especially if it was like a big drive-in. Like you got like a like Huntington where you have like all those back rows. Like mm-hmm. ain't nobody in their right mind supposed to be in the back row. We know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's just like sitting in the back seats when the whole theater is open. Everybody goes straight to the back. Yeah. We just like straight to the back of the bus back in the day. We know what's just going on back there. Yeah, so shout out to Country Thirteen here in Fort Wayne. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure you had plenty of good times. There. <laughs> plenty of great times oh, in those yeah. back seats. Oh, oh man, those sticky damn floors. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't. I didn't contribute to it. I, I, I fall for that one. We all, we all, we all see the sticky floor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now binge worthy. Now binge worthy for me only because we get ready for Guardians of the Galaxy. I think everybody should go back and watch. The volume one and volume two of Guardians of the Galaxy. That's going to be a quick binge worthy for me. Go back, get familiar with the Guardians, you know, get to love them like we did. You know, look and study these movies because they do have like some Easter eggs in there, especially in volume two. I think there was a lot more Easter eggs in there than I initially anticipated because I think they're saying that Sylvester Sloan is going to make a return as his character and he's supposed to be taking on like a new form or something like that. I see oh, the trailers, like somebody kind of hinted at that when you know when you get those little easter egg like trailers and you don't get like the people that break it down like like frame by frame i love those people on on youtube same here same i love it because i will be watching those after we watch this movie i will be watching those videos no because i watched those i was like man they really be on one right there man they are like like trailer savants if anything they break down every little thing and they like they know all the history and everything i i I just want to say all youtube people i love and appreciate all y'all you guys are amazing. You're doing God's work for all of us cinema lovers out there. Like, thank you for doing all the hard work as far as prepping us for this movie. So, if y'all need to be prepped just by us, just I recommend you go back and watch like the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's been worthy, been worthy for me this week. Uh, who got next? Um, I'll go quick here. Um, I got two, so I'm gonna knock them out quick here. Uh, one is called Love and Death. Um, with, Why does that sound familiar? Uh, with um, Elizabeth Olsen? On, uh, oh, on that's HBO new. Max. I saw yeah, that. yeah. Um, slow burn. Um, not necessarily. I want to say this is probably more for the women. Okay, I can watched, you give us like a quick synopsis uh, of what it's, it's about? This like takes place in like the late seventies, and Elizabeth Olsen plays like this. Uh, she's an unhappy wife, and she gets into a uh, affair with um, with somebody who 
she just knows around the neighborhood. She kind of wants the affair and she's just, uh, she's just unhappy with her husband. He's just not doing anything for her no more. And she's just, and the guy she gets with is not attractive. If I was gay, I wouldn't be into him. <laughs> um, but, uh, damn, I did not see that. Uh, yeah. of the year so far. <laughs> just saying, uh, for the women out there, if I like Pinochle, he wouldn't be the one, but he's not uh, your type. Yeah, he's not my type. Okay. And he plays in, um, other movies too. When you see him, you're going to know, I can't think of his name, but he plays in like, uh, gangster movies. Um, he played in the movie with um, Johnny Depp when Johnny Depp was a gangster. He played Brasco. No, when he remember Johnny Depp dressed oh, up. Public at, enemies is it public? No, remember when Johnny he was Depp, robbing he, banks? No, he dressed up with the with the. They put some kind of makeup on him and made him look like an older character in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Okay, this guy that uh, Elizabeth Olsen gets an affair with played the doorman in that movie. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Wasn't this a dude from uh, Game Night? Is it game night? Yeah, game night. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was in like the he was, was in, the was the, uh, the black Klansman. He was in that black Klansman. He and, was the, uh, the FBI Irishman. agent, the Irishman. Yeah, he played like uh, his yeah. uh, his son. Okay, yeah, yeah. You remember the black Klansman? Yes, I love he played that. Played the FBI I know exactly agent that got uh, uh, old boy in trouble. He he was the one that kept trying to make him tell on them. He this guy is the, the wait a minute. That was not the black. That was the uh, not black Klansman. Um, um, one with uh. I keep saying black Klansman, but uh, about the Chicago black. Yeah, Panther yeah, movie. yeah. With um, dude from Nope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I know anyway, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, he's, head, he's yeah. married to uh, Kirsten Dunst. He is. Wait, yes. the fat guy. That ugly looking motherfucker. He looks like he got Down syndrome. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm not, not talking bad about that. But <laughs> yeah, just, I don't yeah. think you can get disgraced more than that. Yeah, he <laughs> looks. He's got Down. I'm not talking bad. All right, no, everybody. <laughs> Sean does not have Jim Beam. Yeah, yeah like, no, I didn't have a beard though. But I don't mean like, like he does I, have. He does have a, a I, funny looking face. Yeah, he does. But I'm no disrespect. I mean, I, I respect all of. It. But this, yeah, this, but he does look like somebody that's a little bit. I'm not going to say he's ugly, but he's he must have one hell of a personality. Right, right. So or a hammer in his pants. So Brian, yeah. uh, pause. Well, pause. basically, uh, Jennifer, uh, damn it, Elizabeth Olsen. She looks really gravy. Uh, there's a lot of pinochle time in this movie, so if you kind of want to see some skin, you get to see some skin of hers, and she looks really good. Oh, so this is an actual movie, not a show? It's a show. It's got three episodes so far. Oh, so it's like a mini series. It's a mini series. Okay, okay. Here, here, here. But the the episodes come out every week. You, once, like, so it's three episodes out right now. The next one comes out next Thursday. So you got to wait. And once you watch all of it right now, and you got to wait till next Thursday to catch all the way up. But basically, she starts messing with this guy because they play volleyball together and she smelled sex on him. She smelled that he had just got pinochle time. So he was and, sex and, funky? Okay. Yeah, sex funky. <laughs> gave off some kind of pheromones in her and she wanted his pinochle. <laughs> and so they start messing around. And but he still kind of loves his wife, and this is a, it's just like one of those stories where somebody is just you know got to break it off, but they get too close, and uh, that's once once they start breaking it off, and she you know decide or he decides he, the guy actually decides that he didn't want to do it no more. That's when uh, trouble in, incurs and stuff starts going on. It's actually kind of intriguing. It's a lot of pinochle time. I, that's why I say I think it's more for the women. I want to see um, a little more of it, see where it goes, because I like watching her. She's so pretty, and you know she's she's lovely to watch, and she's a good actress. On top of that, so I've been watching that. That's Ingrid goes H- west, Sean. It's, I've been watching that on HBO Max, uh, Love and Death, 
and uh, I, I, I give that I give that one a good a good watch so far. So it's right. it's a little slow burn though. It's not a lot of action. It was on my to watch list. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I was actually going to watch. Your wife or not. might like it. I think because I think it's it's basically all women characters. It's got the guy. Remember that show you had me watch last year? Uh, the kid who had um, he had like a problem. He had like uh, not some kind of ADHD, but remember he was, he was like the main character. Oh, is it the one with uh Michael Rappaport? Yeah. Michael Rappaport played the dad and the, yeah. The, he, I know who you're, oh, yeah, man, yeah. That's I don't, gonna, I don't know it, his I name, love that show. but that he plays uh, a pastor in this. Uh, it, it's got some cast. It's got a good, a good little cast in it. Atypical. Oh, atypical. Yep. That's it. So he's in that. Um, there's a couple of people you're going to see that you're going to recognize. Uh, I can't remember their names, but so far I've been watching that. And that's pretty. That's been out for three weeks uh, on HBO Max. And okay, then, I'm glad one of y'all took the. I took the. the like, I went around there and got tore up, but it's not bad. It's just <laughs> uh, a slow burn. It's not going to have you out of the, on the edge of your seat. But I'm trying to see where they're going with it. And the last episode left you on the cliffhanger. So I'm like, oh, okay, now I see. Okay, so you got to get to that last of the third episode to really see where it's going to go. So. This got me a little bit intrigued. And another one I watched has been out since 2000. It's called uh, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary on. Uh, I've seen a couple of those on. Oh, that's this is really good. If you remember Aaron Hernandez, who uh, killed the had the dude killed the black guy, his his girlfriend's yeah. fr- brother, uh, which is just crazy. It's a sad story. This dude had it made, got drafted to the play for Florida, got drafted to the New England Patriots. Unstoppable. This dude had him and Gronkowski was unstoppable with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like those guys were uh, great weapons for Tom Brady. Got his, got too big, got into all the gang stuff. Uh, there's some sayings that he was, uh, homosexual and that's why the, he killed the brother of the, of the girlfriend because he was going to tell the girlfriend that the guy yeah. was actually gay. I heard that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, really sick stuff. Uh, of course he ended up committing suicide. Everybody knows that he hung himself in prison. Which I don't know how the hell they let that happen in prison. Like, don't they watch these motherfuckers? You know what I mean? But He's anyway, got a way to let if you ever watched that off. one show with uh, uh, Jeremy Renner, uh-huh. uh, Mayor of Kings, it absolutely can possibly happen. okay because yeah. showing you the ins and outs of how like prison works. Like, this absolutely like a system where they like they will turn a blind eye or they'll have right. like something. Yeah. They, uh, I don't like pill because this I feel like I'm giving part of Mayor of Kings, on, but it might be a little system where. Jeremy Renner can like work with the prison guards and even mm. with the police. Like if there's somebody that's in there that's like a, I don't know, like a rapist or a right. child predator or something mm-hmm. like that, they have like a system where they'll turn a blind eye to the prisoners. It's like, hey, we want you to take him out. Right. Like this dude is terrible. He like he does stuff to like women and kids or whatever. Like he did something egregious. We don't want him to make it a trial. Take him out and we'll take care of all your right. Right. Like this. So th- so I can believe a system like that. Well, that's what happened. And this dude, like I said, he had it made. This dude was like the best high school player in the state of Connecticut of all time or something like that. Like, I mean, like he was one of the best football players in that state had ever had come out and he just had it made. His whole life was made and he decided that he would still want to be a, you know, he was shooting at people at clubs and stuff. He was doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Give that a watch. It's, it's on, um, it's on Netflix. It's been out for three years now. Aaron Hernandez, uh, the life of Aaron Hernandez, uh, just a tragic ending for him. The mind of Aaron Hernandez is what it's called on Netflix. So those two are uh, are binge worthy for me. So yeah, it is a tragic story. Yeah. What I found extremely fascinating about the whole story is that uh, him and his brother had the same upbringing. His brother's a damn doctor, really straight and arrow, yeah. everything. Yeah, he's uh, he never was exposed to the gang life or anything like that. So for him to him to make that 
that negative turnaround once he actually got money it was sad because he really went, had the world out oh, this dude was in his in his hand. A straight, I mean, a straight murderer. Like he was trying to kill people, you know. So and thought he can get away with it. Got caught, ended up ruining his whole life and ended up dying, you know. So yeah, it's pretty, it's tragic for sure. Ryan, you got a you got a bit worthy this week. Oh yeah, us. Um, I'll give you guys the trifecta. I'm gonna do real quick, so I'm gonna let you guys know. Um, Two shows that I've been watching recently, which have been out for a long time, but they are free to watch on the internet if you got YouTube or Facebook. And one that I've probably haven't watched in a couple months, but I binged it, and I think it uh, suits the release of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So real quickly, as long as you got the internet, you can get on YouTube, and most of... All the past seasons of the show Cops are on YouTube. Quality entertainment. And I've come to the conclusion that is the best theme song of all time <laughs> for any show. Bad boys. boys. <laughs> what you want? What you want? I always rooted for the, for the criminals to get away every once in a while. Uh, hell yeah. As soon as they come on, somebody's running. And, <laughs> yeah, but like I said, shout out to the cameraman. Yeah, yeah. They are the true champions. They are like the yeah, first triathletes champion. that I've ever seen on the planet. They, they keep up with the criminals and the cops would be like four or five blocks behind. But cameraman, 40 pound camera on his shoulder, he's still catching up. So shout out to whoever he was. It must have been Usain Bolt or somebody oh, like that. Like, absolutely. Or Bo Jackson. Like, whoever did that camera work, man, they deserve like every award that's been made for that. The cops is great. It always starts off, yeah, my name is Thomas Smith. Uh, I've been a police officer for 17 years. Oh, uh, oh yeah. State of uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Ohio. I flunked out of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, ever come, they ever come to Fort Wayne? I don't think they ever did Fort Wayne. They've they done Indianapolis, and those are some crazy episodes. Indianapolis episodes are insane. Oh, they always in like Fort Lauderdale or something like that, or Dallas Tech, Dallas, Texas. That in that in uh, the first forty eight, my, my mom and dad love oh, those. Yeah. Must watch TV. Yeah. Always yeah. good. And a part that's fascinating about cops and this other show I'm going to mention is that the cell phones that we keep in our pocket. Are far better video quality than what those cameramen had to go through when they're hiking those big ass ten pound cameras over the shoulder. It's worse video quality, <laughs> worse, less zoom range. It 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 just to see the advancement of technology. You can make cops in this next show with a cell phone and get better video quality than what we got in the nineties and two thousands. That's pretty fascinating. But you can watch that for free if you got YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, one of my favorite channels recently just disappeared out of nowhere. This guy had over 200 videos on his YouTube channel, and I enjoyed having that playing in the background during work hours or just nothing to watch during the weekend. So if you get a chance, if you have a Facebook account on Facebook Watch, I'll please do a search for the name Charles Lee Love, and Love is spelled L-U-V. And this guy has compiled the majority of datelines to catch a predator on on his channel, and he's added his own sound bites. Oh, and I've that show yeah. was always interesting to see these these losers get caught up and getting what they deserved. And by all means, the over aggressiveness of the cops for taking down child predators. I'm okay with because yeah, seeing a 60 year old guy coming to try to have sex with 13 year old boy and him getting thrown on the cement and saying my back hurts, I don't care, get thrown. <laughs> it's quality entertainment. They don't give a damn. And the sound bites. This it's always been a good show. 
But Charles Lee Love, if you want to see editing at its finest, Charles Lee Love, Love is spelled L-U-V, on Facebook. Now, with the release of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I want to just highlight some show that I'm sure both of you guys are watching, a lot of our listeners are watching, but maybe have underappreciated as time progressed and forgot about its greatness. Got to watch on Adult Swim. You know I love my animation, and that is the original Guardians of the Galaxy with the cast of Futurama from the brilliant mind of The Simpsons, Matt Groening. Futurama, a pizza guy in 1999 gets frozen, and he wakes up in the year 2999. But he still has that 90s mentality, and he's surrounded by aliens and more brilliant minds than him. This show is by far one of the most intelligent shows. If you're if you're a geek or nerd on the science side, it's brilliant. But the comedy is impeccable. So whether you're a Star Wars fan, a Star Trek fan, or just like comedy, you are going to have a blast. And for any newer generation listeners who are watching the show and are looking forward to Gardens of the Galaxy 3 like we are, and you need a, a good sci-fi comedy, Futurama is the the absolute peak. So I've just never like, seen an episode of Futurama. What? I'm not a fan either. What? Yeah. I'm not oh, not into it. I've watched it, but I've like, not into it. Like, listeners, I'm not knocking it. I just, I never got into you, it. That's well, all. There's nothing wrong with that. There, there's a lot of things I discovered late that I absolutely loved. I like mean, liquor? <laughs> True. Exactly. I think Family Guy exactly. was the the extent for me, and I just fell off of that. Um, but this but came before Family Guy. Futurama did. Yes, I don't this was out way before Family. I Guy. I just never been a fan of Futurama. I just because I, I always felt like it was trying to take the place of The Simpsons or something. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, this is something in that realm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if it's well. Part there's of- one thing that Futurama and The Simpsons have over Family Guy. We we can debate all day which is funnier. But one thing I appreciate just from my own personality, is both of them have a heart. Family Guy will go below the belt, below yeah. the belt all the time, and it's there's a lot of funny stuff, but they have no problem crossing the line. They cross the line and big time, yeah. There's oh, yeah. really there's yeah. really not there's hardly any decent characters on the on that show. Person you would call a good person. On what show? Family Guy. I wouldn't call any of the main leads a good person. All just like all humans they have their faults. But you can even make the same argument for the for the lead cast of Seinfeld. <laughs> they they even touched on that in the last episode. They're not really that good people. But f- the Simpsons of Futurama are they at least have a heart and say, "Yeah, we crossed the line." But yeah, we feel bad about it and real quick Yes. See if you see if you agree with me. As growing up with The Simpsons, was Bart to me was like the main focus. At some point, Homer became the main focus. Do you think yes. that's true? Yes. That Absolutely. Bart kind of took a back seat to Homer eventually. I feel like Bart Simpson with the Butterfinger, all the T-shirts he, and the they skateboard. Marketed Bart. Bart was more. <laughs> they did. But yeah. This was an adult show. Yeah. In animation form. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, the storylines focused on Homer because they were trying to pretty much navigate him being the head of a household. Right, yeah. In, in, that, in that time frame. And like, like I said, even though I'm putting Futurama and Simpsons on a pedestal, uh, 
Uh, Futurama didn't didn't last thirty seasons like The Simpsons did. And honestly, just because I would put The Simpsons in my top five favorite shows of all time, I'm honestly just ranking that off of the first seven seasons. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Simpsons episode in probably three to five years. Still comes on Sundays, Reg- right? Yeah, regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Regularly, I haven't seen a, a new episode in mm-hmm. probably five years. But it's just based on those originals, and it was way ahead of its time. And to me, if you knock Futurama for not being as funny as The Simpsons, that's like saying, well, LeBron James isn't that good because he's not as good as Michael Jordan. That's just, Futurama is great in its own right. And I really feel anybody who sits down and gives just the first season or any of their spinoff 90-minute movies they made, you are in for a treat. And if you enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, I can imagine you not having a blast of Futurama. Adult Swim, you're you're in for a treat if you haven't watched it yet. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, let's get to new releases. Now, I'll let y'all go first. Have y'all seen anything I got, new this week? I got one for you guys. Um, and I'll let you go, Tommy or Ryan or whoever. I got to uh, – let me get back to my notes. I'm exit out of there. Um, I end up seeing uh, The Pope's Exorcist. Really? With uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, fat Russell Crowe. Fat as hell. But, uh, man, I'd say, uh, you, know, you know, the Exorcist movies all trying to be like the original Exorcist to me. True. I feel like there's not really a really good one. Emily Rose was, I would say, between. I would say that one was pretty really good. good. Emily Rose and the original Exorcist. Everything else is like, all Don't right. Don't sleep now. on the Exorcist 3. Exorcist 3 is pretty sweet. Uh, I just, to me, either I can't watch it at all because I'm that scared of it, which the original Exorcist still has me to the point where I can't watch it, or they're just all pretty crappy. You know what I mean? Like, I would say Emily Rose is pretty good. There's a lot of crappy ones mixed in there. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's a lot of crappy ones where they just can't. i tell you one that was pretty good before I get to the the Amityville 2 had like a little exorcism scene in there that I thought was pretty scary. But a lot of exorcism movies just don't are hit and miss. But I thought this one was... Middle of the road. I felt like um, I think this is a true story. I'm not. I'm not certain. But a family from the United States moves to Spain to a place called uh, uh, what they call an abbey. It's like a church. They so got in the middle of Rome. They're dude. in the middle of nowhere. This place looks haunted to begin with. Well, but anyways, they don't have no money to their name, so they have to move to this church in the middle of Spain. It's like the 80s, and um, Russell Crowe plays like. The Vatican's exorcism, exorcist. He's like the go-to exorcist, but they really don't want people to know that exorcisms happen. And that's kind of like in real life, uh, they kind of don't like that mockery being made of. Like they don't really, you're going to have to have evidence upon evidence upon evidence for them to send an exorcism to your, to whoever's, you know, possessed. They will try to find a way to debunk it and say that it's not real and as much as they can because they don't want that to be made a mockery of. And so Russell Crowe's character, he he's kind of like not your traditional, you know, priest. He's um, got his own little rules and little things he do stuff about how to handle an exorcism. And like I said, the Vatican, the higher ups, they don't want it out in the streets that there are possessed people that need exorcism. They kind of just want it. Just do it real quick and get it swept under the rug. And so that's what he does. He just he's their their Constantine, if you will. He just goes. He's the man they send. And this particular one, where these people move to this abbey or this church in Spain, 
dealing with a, a force that he's never dealt with, of course, and he has to figure out a way to it possesses a little boy. And it's actually that little boy actually is pretty damn scary. I will say this is a good possession movie as far as that part goes. Until it got to the end, I was like, okay, we got, we working with something here. We're doing something. It got to the end. I was like, oh, what the hell? It turned into something else at the end. I didn't like the ending of it. But the middle part to the, to the, towards the end, I was like, okay, this is a good possession movie. I really enjoying this. It's got me kind of scared. You know, because the little boy gets possessed and the stuff these it's rated R and it's not PG thirteen. The stuff that they're saying and stuff and it kind of it, it's creepy. It's very ominous. The way the church looks, uh, they are actually living in a church uh, and they, they don't know the history of it and all this underground stuff is underneath it from way back in you know God knows when. Uh, it's like some kind of um, catacomb underneath it, of course. And so these demons that you know, dwell underneath this church or abbey or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, try to come out and they get into a little boy. So I, until the ending, I thought it was really good, but I think Russell Crowe's performance made it even better for me. Cause as I walked out, I was thinking to myself like, man, Russell Crowe really, he might've saved this movie. You know I mean? I don't not, I, I think he did a good job. I liked his, um, he has like a little accent cause I think he's, He's from Italy, I think, in the movie. Yeah, he drives a little scooter. Of course, he drinks whiskey and shit. Of course, he's got a a rougher feel to him. Like they made him have a little bit of an edge to him. Uh, and the way he goes about an exorcism is not how they want him to do it, but he gets the job done, of course. So I kind of seen that story before, maybe. But um, I thought it was uh, it was better than I thought. It was just the ending I didn't like. Um, it was actually packed. We went um, on a Saturday night. To uh, AMC, shit, I wouldn't say almost every seat was filled up. I was like, damn, that's you know, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. I I, this movie been out for a couple of weeks. I didn't think that many people would be there to see that. And hell, almost every seat was gone. I, I'll give this, I'll give this three brownie points out of five, out of five. If the ending didn't suck so bad, I would have given it three and a half, even maybe four. Because this that little boy when he gets possessed and he turns into a demon, that shit was scary. I will say that. Uh, not exorcist scary, but it was on the line of, you know, some of the, uh, mid-level exorcism movies. I would say even better than that. Russell Crowe, hell of a performance, great performance. I don't know anybody else in the movie. Uh, there wasn't no other really good characters. A dude who played in John Wick 2, I believe. Uh, he had that, uh, when, when he went to Rome, I think he, he owned one of those, uh, those, uh, motels over there, hotels that John Wick went to and him in common was fighting. And he was the actual. Oh, head. he was like yeah. the the manager. Yeah, he was the manager. Yeah. Isn't that the Dosakis guy? Yeah, he's a, is he the Dosakis guy? Yeah, Dosakis like, guy that yeah. was from John Wick too. Yes, stay that's thirsty, him. Stay thirsty, my friend. Yes, that's him. Yep, yes, that's him. he's he plays um the higher up that's in charge of uh, Russell Crowe. And uh, as Russell Crowe's going through his trials and tribulation with this particular demon. That the Suckies guy can feel what Russell Crowe's going through. I'm glad he's still getting work. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he was awesome in that yeah, role. Yeah, I, I yeah. miss the Dosakis guy. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's him. But him and um, Russell Crowe only two people I recognize. I give that a try if you can. I think you might be a little creeped out by it. I don't like super super exorcism movies, but uh, especially The Exorcist, I can't watch it. But this one's not that scary. But like I said, if it wasn't for the end, I would give it a higher score. The end kind of got a little goofy. But before that, it was working for me, so I I, I, I thought it was better than than I thought it was going to be. So that's the only thing I saw, though. So all right, yeah. now I'll, I'll go next if you don't mind, right? Yeah. Now I 
went over to my many streaming services that I have paid for now. I'll probably pay a good chunk of money on that. I need to reevaluate my spending habits on that stuff. Side story. But I went over to Peacock, and apparently they just released the Woody Harrelson movie, uh, Champions, where he plays like a a former uh, like G League basketball coach, and they send him over to to do community service, and now he has to coach a team with uh, with uh, mental disabilities, as they say, or intellectual uh, disabilities. So he ends up coaching that team. Overall, I thought this movie was actually pretty solid. I I, I actually liked it more than I usually like uh, like movies like this, like the old like disgruntled coach that has to coach a team and bring them back to prominence or whatever they do like that. It felt like it was something like that, but overall, I think Woody Harrelson carried this movie on a lot more than I than I really thought that he was going to. I thought it was going to be like one of those just middle of the road kind of movies, but actually, it shined a great light on uh like people with disabilities, like the Special Olympics, that kind of thing. Because you know, I think at at this point, because it's so prominent in our uh, culture right now, that you anybody can can know somebody that has like a a disability, like. You know, Down syndrome, autism, that kind of thing. Like, we all know somebody that's affected by that. So just to see them shine a light on that and the actors that play in this movie, like as far as the players on the team, I thought they did a tremendous job. They were extremely funny. Woody Harrelson was very funny. Like, it wasn't anything like like they're trying to show pity on them or anything like that to make them like a little sad, like sob song, whatever. I thought overall it was very enlightening. It was very educational. It taught me a lot more that I initially thought I was going to learn about how I should you know, act around people with disabilities, Down syndrome, anything like that, autism. Like it really did shine a, a tremendous light on that kind of uh, subject. Cause you know, it, it affects me personally in my life far as like knowing somebody with that kind of disability. So it, it helps to normalize something like this when they put it in movies like this, as far as how it can affect like the, you know, the everyday person, like mm-hmm. even people in their family, like how they, have like the daily interactions or something like that, like you know, like how they can like care for themselves and people look down on them. Like you can't really do this for yourself. Like let me help you. Like they're a lot stronger and more powerful than you think that they are. They don't get enough credit as far as how they operate in their day to day life. So overall, I thought Champions was pretty good. I say it was probably like three and a half, yeah, maybe three and a, three point eight out of five. I thought it was pretty solid. Woody Harrelson did did a very good job on this one. So overall, I thought this was a great movie. I think you guys should all watch it. It's on Peacock, I believe. So right. Go check that one out. Ryan, what you got for us this week? What, do- what documentary did you watch <laughs> this week? <laughs> I did. I I, I was going to actually mention a couple. I uh, to to a certain extent, I would even say that um, uh, Dateline to Catch a Predator and Cops. That those are documentary shows. Yeah, honestly, absolutely. I used to watch Cops with my dad. My dad be doing all tutorials. Oh, no, that's a- <laughs> Go over there. That's a no. good move right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. That's what it, see now, Sean, that's what you should do. Uh, that's he should have did that. Now he made a mistake, but he got it right. And it's, that was his show, you know. And my brother Ringtone was the cops. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that the, yeah, it gets better. That's the best thing song yeah, yeah. ever. The best thing Oh, I I must have watched at least a thousand hours worth of that show cops. Oh, and you get the God. full spectrum. You get cops doing great work. You get criminals doing stupid shit. You get cops doing unreasonable violence on there. You get the full spectrum of law enforcement. Do you think it's uh, set up 
Do you think any of cops are set oh, up? Oh, absolutely, because yeah. they're only getting the low-level drug dealers. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's somebody. They're not oh, getting shot at. I just saw like you they, buy a nick of weed yeah, yeah. from somebody. We've had an FBI surveillance on. Get your ass on the ground. Right. Yeah, they, they don't now, never show the big butt. Have y'all ever watched uh, Live PD? Uh-uh. Live I PD. So. I think it was like, it, was, it felt like it was like a newer version of cops. I have to say, I actually look back at cops and Live PD and carry it to one another. Live PD is actually pretty solid. Because I think cops like went away for a little while, mm-hmm. and then I don't I don't know if it ever came back. But I I watched that and I thought, damn man, like Live PD is that it felt more real because sometimes on cops it felt a little bit contrived, mm-hmm. a little bit of like man, like, like that was a little bit too on the, on the money right there. Like I don't think it would actually go down like that. But then again, what do I know? I don't know anybody in law enforcement aside from your dad, so mm-hmm. I have no idea what. I would like to watch it with a cop. It's like, oh man, that move ain't real. Like, ain't yeah. no way they do something like that. Because I, because I know a lot of cops like judge other cops on how they, on how they proceed to do certain things in the field or something like that. It's like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Like, he's being way too hostile or like, he's being too nice or something like that. I'd like to see their point of view when I watch that stuff. And from what I've heard, Life PD is a lot better of a show, even though they had to stop it because I guess they got into some trouble on some. Something I can't remember, but they had to stop the the taming of Live PD, and they had to cancel that one. But overall, I thought Live PD was like a better version of cops. Hmm. They took cops off off the air after the whole yeah. George Floyd situation, yep. and um, it that was one of my um, least favorite times of interacting with human beings because they would put the blame on the people doing the protest. It's your fault. They took cops off there. No, we're not producers. We ha- we didn't even want them to take it off the air. And there was no protest to take cops or live PD off the air. The producers start shaking in their boots and thought the revenue was going to go down and thought that's what the general public wanted to see. So we had no vote in that. And for, I'm actually one of the person that supports the protest that happened after George Floyd, but was pissed off that they took those cop shows off the air. Because that, I would say that they put them more in a positive light, law enforcement officials more so than a negative. You see a lot. You see a lot of necessary good work that law enforcement does on those shows. So, I, and they're legendary. Um, I do want to touch on the two newest things. I, I finally caught Cocaine Bear, which I wanted to enjoy a lot more than I did. You guys got me kind of hyped up. For a movie that was nowhere close to as good as advertised. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, it, I'm gonna give it two and a half out of five. You didn't find That's it funny. I mean, it had right. its funny parts. That's all. I, mean. I thought it, it was hilarious. Parts. I, I was. I was I had a smile on my face during certain scenes. That it was. It kind of turned me off right from the get go during that first bear attack when. The special effects in this for that bear didn't haven't really progressed since Lake Placid or Anaconda. That was (laughs) the same bad CGI that we've seen twenty years. That's why I thought it was funny though, because I knew I wasn't. No, I wasn't going for that. Like, did you at least enjoy the death scenes, like the kills? Um, like the the, ambulance sequence, the the park, the park ranger, like the ambulance, like when that one dude and the old couple at the beginning of it. It was, it was, yeah, I enjoyed, I I enjoyed that. I really didn't. I didn't love anything about this movie. Um, uh, one, one thing I did found find fascinating watching it is uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who uh, Ice Cube's son, who you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, 
his uh, partner, who was Ray Liotta's son in that movie, he had to take long to retrieve that cocaine. Uh, he was getting the same hype that our boy from Creed 3, 3 was getting at a certain point. The guy from Han Solo, who played the Han Solo solo movie. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. Um, huh? He uh, played the Han Solo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Han Solo. That was him? I didn't know that. I'm telling you, I know a lot's happened since then, but he was supposed to be the next big thing. I just find that kind of fascinating. He's playing probably the third or fourth main character in this, and he was supposed to damn near uh, be the next Tom Cruise, the way they were hyping this guy up. But, um, yeah, this is a... Um, a good watch on video. I'm I'm glad that this a movie like this was actually able to be a financial success in the box office. So I I, I encourage more studios to take chances on modest budget, not surefire IP movies. That this movie could have just as easily flopped as it was a modest success. So part of me is happy that it did have that moderate success in the theatrical realm. But uh, anybody expecting something that's going to be laugh out loud, funny, scary, exciting, I don't think it really delivered on any of whatever genre you want to put it in or what you're looking for, what was advertised. It wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be, wasn't as intense as I thought it was. It had a couple good scenes, but it was just way too corny. And I'm sorry, I'm. Sean, you're not going to like this, but the more and more I'm starting to feel like John Cusack in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, where it feels like Hollywood's over-glorifying the 80s a little bit too much. And there's a lot of stuff about the 80s that I hated uh, as as I got older, as, as just how they tried to franchise everything. And they touched on that, but it was okay. So Cocaine Bear... It was I right. two and a half out of five. I wanted to like it more than I was. I felt that movie was catering to my to my ideals, and I do want. I don't think I had a chance to say I, I'm, I'm with you, Sean. As far as I, I don't want to see any more exorcism movies. I've seen enough. I mean, if it's a movie about to ask somebody mm-hmm. with a demon or spirit inside him, and, and some exorcist has to come in to get that demon out, yeah. I'm turned off. I don't want to see more of that genre. Uh, apparently, we have three more of those coming. Uh, the the minds of the, which I think is a great trilogy, the recent Halloween trilogy, Michael Myers trilogy. The, even, even the third one, really? Third third one. I think you liked that more than me and Tommy. Did, I absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't call it a, a good movie, but it was all right. It was definitely not as good as the first two. Okay, the, I, won't, I won't sidetrack us with that. The minds behind that, the same writer and director of those three movies are making a new Exorcist trilogy uh, as well. So the Exorcist movies are not going away. I do want to say that the Ben Affleck directed air will is pretty much hand down guarantee. That's going to be in my top 10 in the year. Damn. That movie is good. That's good. in it? Yeah. Damn, that movie it's inspirational. Is like it's inspirational. Yeah. It, abs- it absolutely is. Yeah. And not only just from the, just for how many people benefited from Jordan's success, but just the levels that it took to even get to the people even benefiting financially and for that that creation to be made 
it uh, it's always been fascinating how big the Jordan shoe brand and clothing label became, and how it's still relevant. And even though this guy hasn't touched a professional basketball court in twenty years, his clothing line is still as popular as anything. I don't see anybody wearing Rockefeller or Sean John anymore. But yeah, Jordan, when was the last time you seen Fat Father? <laughs> exactly, right. Fubu. Yeah, Jordan's still popping. Jordan's still popping. That, that's that's pretty incredible. And it, nothing in life is a guarantee. That that was a great example of filmmaking shining a light on um, a lot of things a lot of people probably wouldn't know about the insides of clothing and shoe industry. Uh, another thing I found fascinating is that um, each movie studio each year has anywhere between 50 to 100 scripts floating around in the executive offices. And most major studios, we're talking about Disney, Fox, which Disney swallowed up, Sony. These big studios, they have at least 100 movie scripts floating around, and they might make 10 each year that comes out. That's So anybody trying to get in the movie industry – with a screenplay, that's what that's the competition you're up against. So if you get paid for your stuff, more power to you. But even if you get paid, it's no guarantee that your app movie's ever going to come out. Each year they compile what's called the blacklist, which is the top 100 movies scripts circulating in the industry that haven't been made yet. Now, believe it, I'm not making this up, guys. There is a movie script about Bubbles the Monkey. He used to walk around with Michael Jackson. All right, man, that's like the third podcast you brought up, Bubbles the Monkey. <laughs> I'm I'm like, what's, what's your obsession? I'm obsessed with Michael Jackson. I am. But I no no denying that. No denying that. If you got a chance in your life, would you have rather met Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. I think Michael Jackson, too. Black Michael Jackson. Black thriller Michael Jackson. Does it Jackson. matter? Michael Jackson is still Michael Jackson. Not to me. I don't think bad I Michael did, Jackson's the same story. I honestly believe I, I didn't like this music as much. Like, I didn't like After Bad. I didn't like it as much. I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't like the be- Billy Jeans and the Beat It's and the Thrillers. Of course not. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So. That wasn't even a real Michael Jackson after that. If yeah. t- when, I, when Bad, that black and white video turned to color and Michael Jackson was white, that's not, that's not the same guy sitting in the movie theater during the thriller video, look how black that guy is. Then look at the bad video. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's all on him. Michael Jackson was a business, a billion dollar entity in a human being. And what most people consider the darkest, who has the darkest side of the entertainment industry, movie industries got a dark side. The corporate world has a dark side. I've heard that music industry is as dark as it gets. And, that's the living embodiment of that, especially how they treat black artists. So to see a black artist become the most popular person probably since Jesus Christ walked to earth and to see his skin color change, I don't think it's a coincidence. We can't get sidetracked. We're not. We're not. We're a thousand years from now, Jesus will be white and Michael Jackson will be white. I'm so I'm going to say. But um, – there's a movie about Bubbles the Monkey, which we'll, hopefully we'll never see, and I don't ever want to see. That topped the blacklist. The movie Air was on that blacklist for a couple years. Ben Affleck's the reason we got the chance to see it. Ben Affleck directing movie at this point, even before Air, is an event. 
I'm still hurt. We never got to see Bat- Ben Affleck direct his own Batman movie. I didn't like his psycho nightmare having Batman that was portrayed in Batman versus Superman. That's not the world's greatest detective. But, God dog, him directing his own Batman movie and with some of these recent trailers for The Flash that are on TV now, even that little five-second clip of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, like, oh, yeah, he, he looks like fucking Batman. That's that's a Bruce Wayne I can get behind. I really feel there was a masterpiece Batman movie if he would have got a chance to direct. I'm mad that never came to fruition. That but is a sad thing. Cause I was looking forward I was to when so I heard that rumor. Oh, I could Ben wait. Affleck, well, he was about as hot as fish grease on a Saturday morning. <laughs> like, there ain't no way in hell he's going to mess up a Batman movie. He was going to knock that out the park. I, I'm, I'm, it's a damn shame what happened. I, I've never seen uh, a franchise destroyed as bad as what I saw with Batman versus Superman. I got my strong opinions about The Last Jedi, but the way I feel walking out of Batman versus Superman is a feeling I never hope to have walking out of theater ever again in life. So, air a must-watch. Ben Affleck, please get behind the camera more often. Please, you 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 rock. He was funny you too. You freaking rock. Yeah, he yeah, was he was great. Purple. I know y'all really y'all really been selling this air movie, and I yeah. did want to go watch it with my wife, but she had no interest in watching the movie. What she thought she, I, I, I said it was like, oh, it's a Michael Jordan movie. It's like what? Like, I don't want to watch no Michael Jordan. Movie. It's actually like, entertaining though because it's, it's funny great. and it's I and mean, it'll be on Amazon Prime before the end of May. Actually. Yeah, Jason Bateman and Matt Damon, funny characters. You know what I mean and. It's 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 just good. Everybody did a good job. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker did a good job. You see the inner workings of Nike before they were the global phenomenon right. they are, and everybody's got their own opinion on how to how to get on the same level Adidas is. It, it's it's awesome. It's it, it's really there's it's, a it's part great. I won't say what happened, but Matt Damon is telling Viola Davis what's about to happen, and that. Leading into that part of that movie was great. Was great. Yeah, that was, was great. great. That was Viola Davis too. Like, I mean, you can't get. Oh man, yeah, she can do no wrong. She can't do no wrong, man. She can't do no wrong. She's great. Yeah, so, but if it wasn't for Ben Affleck, that movie probably that would still be a script sitting on some some fat cat executive's pile of a hundred scripts. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They even had a show that used to come on. I believe HBO is called Project Greenlight. Oh, yeah, give, I remember that. I, I love that show. Yeah, this because they started off as independent filmmakers themselves. They they worked the Hollywood system, and they both end up having success as actors more so than uh, behind the camera. But yeah, they they were entrenched. They knew they wanted to be a part of the movie industry, whether behind the camera or in front. It just so happened that them having so much success after good writing that Goodwill Hunting script. They got more success in front of the camera than behind. But Ben Affleck, yeah, direct more movies, sir. I'm, I will sign up for it. Yeah, I was singing like Mike all the way home. Like Mike, if I could be like Mike. I was singing that all the that's, way home. The 90s were great. Yeah, that, was, that was a great commercial. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, I I didn't think I was going to be Michael Jordan. But damn it, man, play that commercial. Mm-hmm. Get me a Gatorade and a ballpark, <laughs> Frank. Like it might happen. <laughs> it just might happen. But, yeah, I am looking forward to that. Cause, wait, what was your grade for it, Brian? That is five out of five for me. Damn. Uh, you didn't leave no room for something to top it? Just because I'm giving it five. I'll give John Wick four five out. I gave John Wick four for five well, out For five. different reasons, though. Of for course. different, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which doesn't mean it's perfect, but that means it's worth seeing as soon as possible, worth seeing in the theater. Yeah. 
and I will watch it again. That's probably gonna be in my top five. Yeah, yeah. I will absolutely yeah. watch it again. That, yeah. That's a five out of five movie. Yeah, for for me, absolutely. Especially if you kind of like anything, Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, you don't got to be a sports fan at no, all. Not at all. If you just like movies, yeah, you want to see good acting, a good story, great screenplay. <laughs> this even the reason how remember when. What Matt Damon saw, what made him even think he oh, yeah. did Jordan, like little stuff like that. Like, who would have thought? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, even before he went to meet his parents, yeah, and they were just breaking down the people in that draft. It was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Let's get this dude, Lamont Smith. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Like, uh, he's he's gonna yeah, be the, he's in the final four. Yeah, he's gonna be the twenty eighth pick. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the kind of brilliant thinking it takes. And that's the kind of foresight it takes. Jason Bateman was in that little meeting room and he was talking. He was like, all right, man, let's get some energy in here. All right. <laughs> Lamont Smith. Yeah. All right. Anybody like him? Yeah. Everybody was like, ah, oh, no, I don't like. Nobody no. wanted to be on that, that no. table that day. No, no. <laughs> Like, all right. Yeah. Converse and Adidas kicks ass. I'm just trying to they keep They were my real job. scared of Converse and Adidas, especially oh, sure. Adidas because Adidas had like a whole country behind it. Seemed because I didn't realize Adidas was a German thing i didn't know they came from yeah. over there i didn't know that i thought yeah. that was some shit we came up with so mm-hmm. yeah. now any future movies y'all looking forward to Man, aside from guardians let me tell you I, the transformers is looking good i'm not gonna say it's gonna be great or nothing but i like oh, yeah, that I trailer they put out a new trailer that trailer because i remember watching the beast wars as a kid and being confused and I had to ask my buddy at work that Optimus, I, I know eventually Optimus Prime died. I thought he became the gorilla, but apparently not. Really? No, I don't think he did. Uh, he did die in the cartoons, right? But I thought he became that gorilla, and that's when they started that Beast War stuff. But apparently there are two entities. So there's an Optimus Prime gorilla, and there's Optimus Prime the semi that we know. So they're both going to be in this Transformer movie. And I, I saw that when I watched the Pope's Exorcist. like, damn. This looks good. I hope it is, but it looks good. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I'm kind of excited for the Transformers. So, Well, then again, the other trailers for the original trilogy, mm-hmm. well, before they did the Mark Wahlberg one, those trailers do be making that movie look exciting yeah. as hell. So they, whoever's making the trailers for this, they're doing their job. It's not Michael Bay, right? He's not doing this, right? No. I don't, the I director don't of Creed 2 is actually oh, okay. a black, black director. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I am I am looking forward to watching the Beast Wars. It does look pretty good. Yeah. I don't want to say Michael Bay is a bad director, but sometimes we can be Michael Bayed out if that is absolutely if that does make any kind of sense. Like he does go overboard. Sometimes it can be a little bit. Uh, it can be refreshing to get a little mix. Like the way I thought they did with a uh, uh, Bad Boys for Life. Like taking Michael Bay out mm-hmm. of that and put a new director or the you know the brothers as the uh, the directors on that one. I thought they actually did pretty damn good. Not, not saying that the Bad Boys 1 and 2 was like horrible, but putting them in there and have like a new fresh take on how the storyline is supposed to go, I thought it was actually pretty good. I'm a little disappointed, actually. I would much rather have a Michael Bay Bad Boys trilogy than Michael Bay making five Transformers movies. I'm not going to lie. And I know I'm in the minority on this. Bad Boys is my favorite Michael Bay movie, my favorite Martin Lawrence movie. Wait, my the first favorite, one? Yes. The first one Wait, is my favorite. Wait, you like favorite. that over The Rock? Slightly. The Damn. Rock's in that category. I love The Rock. No, believe me. The Rock is in a sacred place, but so is Bad Boy. I found that at a garage sale this weekend. I couldn't be happier buying it for a buck. I was like, man, you got this golden opportunity just to sell me this for a dollar? Like, oh, you got the deal of a lifetime. I, I paid did. $25 for that on DVD at one point. 
man. Oh my lord. It's always a special thing finding like something at a garage sale and just thinking to myself like, oh my god, I would pay so much more for this, but thank God they're selling this for like a dollar because this is a great movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that's your favorite Michael Bay movie. And my favorite Martin Lawrence movie and my favorite Will Smith movie. You like that over Life? I'm about you to would... say, you didn't like Life at I all? love Life, yeah. I'm not uh, saying anything. But like I said, just because I like, that's because Michael Jordan's better than LeBron James doesn't mean LeBron James sucks. Okay, that's that, that's true. But I just always felt like, you know, there's other movies that kind of top, even like Blue Streak. I will pit above like bad boys, but that's just me. so I watched. Even got your boy from Kiss of the Dragon as the bad guy in, in Bad Boys One. Oh yeah, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke it was not Master. Oh direct, yeah, the, um, the bad guy. Yeah. I forgot his damn name. Um, Chime, Chime, Euro or something yeah, I like think that. You did a, a yeah. Sam yeah, yeah, I did. I did. He's, he's awesome. Man. Now I forgot what I was about to say. Oh, yeah. I was watching something with Martin Lawrence, and he was saying that um, they asked him what his favorite movies. This is pretty recent. And he said his favorite movies that he did were Blue Streak and uh, National Security. Really? Because he I said love both of those. Because well. he said they allowed him to do whatever he wanted, and he didn't have he didn't have no no uh, restraints. And that was like when he said when you watch those, that's really him. He said he didn't, ha- he didn't have nobody with restraints like Bad Boys that had a script and stuff. They said, "Hey, just do what you want." And he said he got to do what he wanted in national security in um, Blue Streak. So that was pretty cool. That is, Hell, I'm even put like Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins over that. Yeah. No, over what? Over Bad Boys. What? No. Well, have you seen that? That's yes. funny, but that's not better than Bad Boys. I love Ryan. Right. Yeah. I laugh my ass off that's whenever funny. I watch yeah. that movie. Yeah. Like him and Monique, like before she got all Monique and got all, you know, got too big in the bridges for herself. I thought that movie was funny as hell. Michael Clark Duncan. And Cedric the Entertainer, like that, that was a great black cast right there, right there. That was, that was a really, really funny movie. I like watching that. Even James Earl Jones, like it's nice to see him doing something outside of Star Wars for one. You know, now there's a, there's debate whether, uh, most of these movies you guys named are probably funnier than Bad Boys. But yeah, I can't, just as a 10 year old seeing that in the theater and, uh, yeah, just seeing Will Smith dive in front of a car before it, it, it hits. Uh, uh, Martin Lawrence, I and mean, they're they're in that chase scene. Of course, you got to see Will Smith running with his shirt open yeah. in, in slow mo. But that that scene still works the first time and on repeat viewings. That's what I that, honestly. That's what I go to the movies for to see that kind of stuff. I thought that, that action. Watch Will Smith run with his shirt open. <laughs> uh, what are you saying? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying yeah. diving in front of a speeding car to save your friend's life. Right. And I think the uh, bad guy in. Um, Bad boys that we're talking about. I thought he was. Do you think he was a? I think he was a better bad guy in Kiss of the Dragon than he was in Bad Boys. He got more to do in Kiss the Dragon, for sure. He was just. He was about the same. same, yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, He's good. In both. I just felt like he had more limelight in Kiss of the Dragon. Absolutely. That, yeah. Like he had better lines. He had better. Yeah, dialogue. yeah, yeah. He had better sayings and shit. I don't care. You don't tell me what you want. I tell you what you want. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I think he, he is they awesome. Said the, the French have the they said the Chinese have the best best roasting methods. <laughs> but I prefer the French, the French one. one. <laughs> yeah. Hand me a green one. Throw it in there, blue. Now that's like I'm saying. That's why I go to the movies. For yes, it. yes, yes, to see gently. Throw that grenade back, <laughs> and that fat dude starts panicking. <gasps> <laughs> he throws him in there. Get your fat ass in. Yeah. You're not about to blow us you, all you, up. You, go down. <laughs> and don't think. <laughs> yeah. He said, but I think. <laughs> yeah. 
He was a terrible. Oh, I'll tell you, the it, worst cop of all time, man. Oh, and then the way Jet Li was fucking those people up at the bottom. Oh of that, man, that's a good thing you didn't jump down that laundry chute because Jet Li was, was fucking people ass. up. Hell down yeah, there. yeah. Dude, that, that movie really made an impact on you. Uh, uh, mystical, that's good, that's, yeah. mystical is some of the soundtrack. Yeah, that's mystical in this. What? That's Jet- when mystical was really hot. You know, so yeah, that movie should have got nominated for best picture in my opinion. That <laughs> that's why I go to the movies to see that stuff. <laughs> I, it's just the dragon's masterpiece. Okay, I'm glad y'all excited about that. Yeah. I, I didn't expect to get that reaction. I, kiss, I love kissing the dragon. I ain't never <laughs> seen somebody get that high. Said Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda. Yeah, yeah I love her. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Yeah. Whatever happened to Bridget Fonda? I haven't seen I, her in a long you. time. I, I, was, I was a great big fan of her. Yeah, me too. Uh, Industry would chew you up, spit you out. All right, now let's get to some headlines as far as chew you up and spit you out. Apparently, they <laughs> they chewed up and spit out the red table talk. Oh yeah, yes. I saw that. You bought time. I don't know if that was like a, a victory for us, but yeah, I don't want to say cancellation means like they're going to go away. Apparently, they're going to shop it around to see who wants to pick them up. Hopefully, nobody wants to pick it up. But this red table needs to be burned to the ground. Like <laughs> I feel like there's nothing good has come from this red table talk show at all. Like I'm, I'm sure they have like a nice little therapy session, like a. Uh, Three generations of uh, Pinkett's like sitting at the table talking about <laughs> life and sex and whatever else they've been talking about lately, but I haven't really been paying attention. But I feel like whatever this table talk show has been famous for, it hasn't been worth it as far as like, you know, uplifting the brand of the Smiths per se. I feel like this show is as much shit as Nick Cannon gets for like for his opinions and like his lifestyle, whatever. Like when he said that table was toxic, I was like, he is 1000% yeah. right. That table has been the most, the most toxic thing i've ever seen on the internet it is by far like the worst thing that ever happened to will smith the fact that she dragged him to this table multiple times to talk about all kinds of weird shit and talk about all their personal lives I was like this is what brings celebrities down i, I miss the days where the the celebrity had like a little bit of mystique to them yes. like i don't need to know all your personal business. like if you want to put it out there like you like you like to skydive you like to do all this crazy stuff or you even have like a you know, a second family or something like anything crazy like that. Like, you know what? If you want to put it out there, that's your business to put out there. But sometimes I just don't want to know all the ins and outs of somebody's relationship, particularly the Smiths. And the more and more Jada keeps talking about this stuff and Will keeps going to this table, having this therapy session and crying on the internet, making a brand new Jordan meme out of himself. I like this table has to go. <laughs> this, this table has to go. It's just like yeah. you're taking down another great black man, like one conversation at a time. Oh, that at was table. sad. That was sad. I, I, I'm, mean, I'm, I ain't never felt so bad for Will Smith in my life. And Jada, y'all, y'all already know how I feel about Jada. I think she's bad for him, and I think she's bad for like the industry at this point. She just constantly clinging to whatever like shelf life she has on her career, if you want to call that a career, because I think once you get like a TV show like that on the internet. You're just pretty much saying like you're just a B C list celebrity at that point. You have nothing else better to do other than talk about your personal life on the internet and you have nothing else to contribute to as far as the industry. So I think this table needs to go. I think the show should be canceled or just taken away and I hope nobody picks it up, but I, I just throw it out there to see how y'all felt about this. If you, if you even cared about this. Yeah, this gotta go. That's that's best for Will Smith. Sanity, I'm hoping, you know, it's gotta go. She's just doing that but making a mockery of him, making him look pathetic you know this is it's a bad news all the way around and she don't need no more limelight just sit your ass down jada get get rid of this like i'm not a nick cannon fan but i was with him on this one so yeah it hurts me i really felt that uh they were the power couple i'm putting them above jay-z wait NBA. wait hold on I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say this i'm just gonna say this real quickly yeah yeah you, i land this plane land I, this plane i am i'm i 
expected to hate, expected to hate Jaden Smith's Karate Kid. And to my surprise, that movie was it was, it was it was pretty good. I incredibly enjoyable, incredibly yep. enjoyable. I absolutely and, agree. And I had to applaud them as parents for having them being such powerhouses in the industry to get your son in a movie like that that not only is good but is a box office smash. On top of that, I start having warning signs once I saw. Jaden Smith wearing dresses out in public. Okay, we can't knock the personal style <clears throat> of that because a lot of people dress a little bit funny. If you look at uh, who am I thinking about that? Dwayne Dwayne Reed exactly. likes to dress oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now Weird. your father, your father, Tommy. So did let me see, get your honest. Opinion. Did you see what uh, say old boy had on last night? You did a good job. Now I'm not. I don't think. Oh, you talking about the Met Gala? Yeah, the Met Gala. What the hell is that shit? They wear some crazy they shit. Do. The now Gala. even Dwayne Wade now. You saw what uh, Old Town Road guy wore that. Oh, shit. Little Nas X. Little Nas X, yeah. So don't put Dwayne Wade on that level. But oh, no. James and, Harden wore some shit like it was a parachute. James Harden. And, they, they make uh, Russell Westbrook look tame. Whatever they, <laughs> nah, whatever that's I see saying a stuff. lot. That's saying a lot. Because he looked like he just buy anything off the rack. I think he colorblind. I think Russell Westbrook is colorblind. He don't know what the hell he be wearing. <laughs> he's like, he, he like he get dressed in the dark. You know how a kid, you know how your mama say, her, like, hurry get dressed so he can leave. He's like, oh, you ain't dressed? Like, wear what you got on. Just leave the house. I feel like he just wore whatever he wore to bed last night. He just ends up just like looking like a, like a roughed up Cabbage Patch doll. Like, I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on there, dude. That's the definition of a love-hate relationship because honestly, if I sat down and made a list of my top 25 favorite basketball players, D Wade and Russell Westbrook are on that list. Um, Russell Westbrook is the most frustrating in the definition of a love hate because you saw him ball out when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George weren't able to play against uh Phoenix a couple games, yeah, yeah. But two games after that, this guy will have 10 turnovers and cuss a ref out. I, I He's so up and down. He can, he should be solidified as a top ten player every year, and for him to not even be mentioned nowadays, eh, that's kind of upsetting. But that's it, it is what it is. But I want to circle back to something that you said because it's sticking in my mind, and I'm, I'm trying to let it go, but I just can't because I'm petty as hell. Okay. Now, we talk about me or Sean? Oh, you. When you say power couple, that always throws me off because I'm thinking. When you say power couple, you're talking about the actual couple, not just one True. like dragging the other one into a power position. Because Jada without Will Smith means what? What do you think about her career? Is it worthy? Is it even worthy to say that she's like a power player? Because like Jada, Pick, power Jada, Jada Pickett without Will Smith, she's basically Gabrielle Union without Dwayne Wade. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, a, not a memorable career. It's a solid career, but it's not going to say like she's a power couple. I'm going to say that um, not sure. Like, what's her biggest move? I'm not gonna. My who Jada Pickett? I'm yeah. not, I would say set it off for me. She was in Matrix Two. That's my she point. Was, she was that's Matrix, exactly that my point. It was a small role. But she was in Matrix Two and role, Three. Matrix Two and Three. But I'm saying so, my favorite movie is the one with um the the low down dirty shame. low down dirty yeah. shame. Thank you. Oh, King and I have a Okay, but yeah, that's I, not, I don't. People are not going to think of that one though. They're going to think of set it off. They're going to think of, we will think of that. But are most people, you ask the general public, they're going to think of Jada Pickett. They might, they probably will say set it off. They probably will say Matrix. But I'm yeah. saying, 
that was she was more of a damsel in distress and set it off. This and but she was and the main I, focus though, wasn't she though? I mean, she was one. Of, she yeah, you say yeah, she was. She was the lead, yeah. but she was playing the victim, and she was the moral compass of that group. I, I would say she was the moral compass of that. Uh, group. Of what set it off? Set it off. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, um, she was a centerpiece essentially. Yeah. I would say that because when I think about her career, like the movies that she actually starred in, is not as many as you would think. Okay, but let's go back to Low Down Dirty Shame. I think that she the, was a side character. She was. She was the best. That's the best she's ever looked in out of any movie. She she actually looked bangable in that movie. <laughs> um, do you remember the his his side chick in there that she called Pocahontas, who was uh, really working for that? Uh, oh the yeah, drug yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she was fine. She was very fine. What other movie have you seen her in? Uh, the one uh, movie with Denzel Washington, uh, Derek, uh, with a uh, Deja Vu. No, no, damn it! The one where uh, Denzel he made his uh, his directorial debut with uh, Derek Luke was it? That's the same actress, Antoine Fisher. That's, oh that's yeah, her. yeah, yeah, play, yeah. Uh, she played uh, Denzel's wife in that movie. Now that's some savant shit, listeners. For Tommy to make, uh, so you challenged me. I, I came up with something. That's some savant <laughs> shit right there, Tommy. You get some that for that. Right. I didn't even I, know that. Wait. Good she, movie. St- she still had a better career than her. That's true. That, she, that, that's and I would true. even recommend. I would even make the suggestion. You're talking She's about Jada, a, Jada Pickett here. You're talking about. No, he was talking about the one chick that played in Low Down Dirty Shame that played like the Pocahontas. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay. So okay. He was trying if, to say what other movie has she been in. That was yeah. only what I could think of. Comparing other black actresses, so let's just leave Charlize Theron and uh, well, Julia a, Roberts. Let, let's leave. Let's and Jennifer. I'm say, Rose, who was a comparable black actress like Vivica Fox? Vivica Fox, Angela Bassett, uh, Carrie Washington. Who who else? Who else is on that list damn, right now? Damn, you really. St- uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah. I'm saying uh, these these are Regina this, this King, is Regina, Regina King. Hall. This is the cream yeah. of the crop here. We're talking about. There's all these names we're mentioning are still doing better than 99 percent of. Ex- spot. Yeah. I yeah, put the males in one? here. Yeah. And what's the girl, the light skinned girl? Um, everybody likes. Um, I like her. Are you talking about Laura London? No, not Laura about? London. She played. Oh, what's the light skinned girl played in the movie with? Um, damn, I can't think of her name. She used to date the singer. Um, One that looks like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, she used to date him. From uh, Mission Impossible Four. No, 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 no. What's that? Yeah, she was in Mission Impossible Four. She talking was, about Paula Patton. Paula Patton. Paula Patton. Yeah, yeah. that's she was in Mission Impossible. I don't remember the that. best Mission uh, Impossible. Ghost, yeah. Was it Ghost, Ghost Protocol? Protocol. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, she used to be married to Robin Thicke. Robin, Robin Thicke. Thicke. I yes, see yes, ago. yes, yes. I yeah. like Paula Patton, but I don't think she's on those actors' yeah, lines. Yeah, if you're talking about career wise, yeah, yeah. Jada Pink is blowing her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Now yeah. I feel like she had better opportunities in her career than I think Jada has. Like she starred in more movies than I can remember. Jada, I don't remember her starring in too many movies. I remember Jason's lyric. I remember like was it a uh, Demon's Night? Yeah. I remember uh, Set It Off, and whatever else we saw in that terrible ass movie that she made with uh Tommy Davidson. Woo, that terrible ass mm-hmm. movie. I and, enjoyed and, Girls Trip, and I wouldn't even I say she, was, she wasn't Trip. even a star of that movie. She, she didn't get top billing, but she was. She was a Tiffany lead. Haddish was was pretty high, and you know what, Tiffany Haddish. I think she's in some trouble again. She yet. just got out of trouble. Well, well, I don't. I don't know. If she's ever bounced back from that little Aries Spears thing she did. I haven't. I, I think she might have gotten some serious trouble off of that. So, I thought she was torn again with a uh, 
What's that one white comedian that always takes his shirt off? Oh, yeah. They're supposed to be coming the, to like Parkview Field the, sometime uh, this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mechanic. Yeah. And yeah. thinking about it, you guys have finally made me dislike Jada Pinkett. Just because. What do you mean finally? Because uh, I, I didn't have. Where the hell same, were you? I didn't have that same vitriol that you guys had towards this whole situation. I, I really feel that you guys should have held well, you're Will, Will Smith more accountable for his actions. Maybe you are blacker than this. It, it, it shouldn't. It should, you got to have Will Smith. Like I said, I'm sorry you didn't see the comedy because, to me, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock, changing his suit and sitting down was way more funny than the Chris Rock joke. To me, I thought that was <laughs> that's just my. It wasn't funny. It was to hilarious. Me, but to me, if Will Smith is married to Mega Mind and she's controlling him, <laughs> I, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, there's no way in hell you got happiness in your house if you got this woman like controlling you like this. Uh, and that that's what I was hit. Also, I was getting at. I, I, well, I don't. That was my only problem with the whole situation. That I feel like she was like being very manipulative. And, and she her was putting their business out in public because when I yeah. say power couple, they had the. They they had the to me the definition of a Hollywood marriage, which usually never works. It, it was it, it seemed like everything was going great up until that red table talk and her putting their business out in the blue. I'm sure they both made their mistakes behind the scenes, but it was never public until Jada made it public. And Will Smith, and that's what I'm saying. And his image is everything. He's worked so hard to keep that clear cut image. And unfortunately, she did bring out that negative side that we all have inside of us, except it's not always for millions of eyes to see. So you hammering that red table home, it finally hit me that that's why I consider that a power couple. No, of course, she doesn't have she's not a billionaire the way Beyonce is. And she's not she hasn't had the same successful career as a lot of other actors, but she's still in that one percent of Okay, I'll give actresses you that. trying to make it big in the movie industry. She made it as higher than most people make it. Most people will just be in some iPhone movie shot here in in Fort Wayne, Indiana. No, she just she just always comes off as a very entitled person. Like she should be bigger than what she is. I, I don't know. She, she acts she, like she. You know, she's in a in a in a dark rock band. She's been in a. I don't, she's the only black member. You think she wants to be in a dark rock band, or she'd rather be in a damn movie? A she wants to be in a, But I didn't. I, I think I, she, she wants. She would want to be. I would never say. I don't want to say that she's jealous because that that's coming off wrong on my end. But I feel like she envisioned her having the kind of career that Regina King has, and she doesn't have that. I don't. I, I can't deny. More than likely, yes. I think that's gotta I be think, the way it is for. for I think Regina King in is field. in a position that Jada felt like she should have been in, but for whatever reason. Either she wants to blame Will for being a bigger star and she had to take a back seat to raise the kids, or she just realized that she's not that great of an actress as she thinks she is. I, I hear you. And to a certain extent, uh, I think Scottie Pippen feels the same way about Michael Jordan. Maybe. I, to I'm a certain not, extent, yeah. Okay. I, Dylan you know Brooks probably feels that not, way about LeBron. I'm not mad at that take. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, you said? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah he the Grizzlies is. don't even want him. <laughs> hey, not, hey. Man, they cut him so damn <laughs> fast. <laughs> Oh my god! I, yeah, I got a good laugh at it. Yeah. Who, who y'all got in this Lakers Warriors series? I'll go with Lakers. I'm gonna go Warriors, I, even though I'm a Lakers fan. I feel like the Warriors they they, they are really on a roll right now. They just, I feel like if AD show up, they don't have anybody for AD. If he can show up and do his thing, I don't. He don't always show up, but if they don't have nobody that can guard him, 
This so, is an for legacy wise. LeBron has to LeBron, win. LeBron, he do, he, How did we get turned into sports again? <laughs> that, what is that was my fault. It was yeah. my fault. But Le, LeBron, Steph Curry, this is one of the biggest playoff series of all time. Uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta make sure we see the second half. We gotta f- speed this podcast up. I want to see every game they're playing right now. Yeah. I want to see this damn series. Uh, I don't think it's clear cut that. LeBron is over Steph Curry. I'm just gonna say that. Huh? LeBron is all right. Now you're Le- getting out of control. I'm saying they. We both- can say that for a pot another time, but yeah. I think right now the track that you're laying down right now, right? I love where you're going with it. I'm, it's not clear cut. Yeah, it's it, not. I, I like where you're going with it. Le- Le- I'll even say LeBron can probably still pass Jordan, but right now I don't know about Steph- that. He can he can come that, neck and neck. I don't think he will, but I'm not. I'm not gonna rule it out. Because yeah. I'm, I'm more mature. I was on your camp saying there's no way in hell it's getting LeBron's going to surprise Jordan. He's up there, but he's just, he's changed the game as far as them shooting threes when they run down the court. But is that's now, nah, man? LeBron is uh, Steph Curry just put up fifty the other night, Sean. Yeah, but man, Steph Curry is he had to. I mean, he, no, in a game seven. Yeah, but that's fair. In yeah. a game seven, winner go home. Steph Curry put up fifty. You're talking about and it's sent, impressive. It's just impressive. No man, LeBron. Yeah, and, but yeah, but we, and he, yeah, won two, we, he won two championships before KD got man, there. But we cannot get sidetracked, man. We are a movie we, podcast. And LeBron beat that seventy-two and ten. Whatever, Very true. Seventy, whatever they had. Yeah, salute, salute. Yeah, yeah well, that was one of the best achievements in sports history, actually. By and, LeBron. All right, let's ball. get to this next topic because this topic <laughs> I, I really want to get Ryan's opinion on because I was just made aware of this uh, a couple of days ago. Apparently, there's a writer strike. Yes, I, I wrote some. I wrote notes down to mention that. Yes. Now, Sean, have you been following this story? Are you aware of like I, what's been going on in Hollywood? Apparently, this writer strike is I, like affecting I, a lot of TV shows and uh, movies now. I haven't seen it. No, I didn't. I Writers didn't Guild it. of America. No, because I have. I. I. I uh, I saved it on my phone. Like uh, some notable shows has been affected by the writer strike. So apparently, all uh, damn near all the late shows are affected by this writer strike. Yeah. Abbott Elementary, that was the one that raised my eyebrow. Yeah, that's one, one you like. Yeah. I love that damn show. Uh, the Netflix show Big Mouth. Uh, Cobra Kai is affected by this writer strike. Uh, what was another one? Uh, House of Dragon, which is eh, I don't really care about. <laughs> have you given that show a chance yet? Tom? I have not. Hell no. Was that the House of Dragon? Which one is that? That's uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I believe a prequel to Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's a is there. I did watch. I, I just didn't care. I did watch the um, the uh, Lord of Rings newest thing. I mean, the one that they came out Rings with. Rings of that. Power. Rings of Power. Sucked. That That's really? I didn't like that at all. <laughs> and that is the most expensive TV show of all time. Oh my, yeah, well. Right. And it must have been on the writer's strike for that too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, so Ryan, I, I'll let you take lead on this. What, what what are your thoughts on this writer's strike? You think it's warranted, or you think they're just getting greedy? Warranted, and uh, this is a yin and yang kind of thing. So, on the good side of things, we have millions of streaming options. Yes, we do. If if we decided to say, hey, let's skip Adult Life, I'm just gonna stream. And watch TV and movies until I am buried in my grave. We would never be able to watch all the content that we have available for us, and that's just the new content that's coming out. Not even mentioning stuff that we've missed in the past. We want to catch up on. No human being has enough time to watch everything, even if that's all they did for a living. There's not enough time in each day and in a human life. Wait, are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing. Okay. That's a good thing. Okay. An overabundance of content is always a good thing uh, in the entertainment industry. 
I've always kind of been middle of the road like that because I think it's like it's a great thing because for one, actors, writers, directors, they get plenty of opportunity to showcase their talent on another multiple, positive, another no, positive. But the problem is that usually with an abundance like that, a lot of good stuff can get buried underneath a bunch of trash. True. Well, because like I think Netflix does that to himself, not even to other streaming services. I believe that Netflix buries so much good shit with so much trash that they put out. I wish they would be more careful on the quality of their work as opposed to just the quantity that they put out. They put out so much stuff, I lose track of the new stuff that comes out. Yeah. They literally no, bury their good shit underneath new shit. Yeah. They come out with I, I, new I, I, stuff all the time to the point where I'm like, wait a minute, Ryan and Sean has told me about this new movie, and sometimes I'll be trying looking for a cheat. It's like a new movie that just came out on <laughs> on Netflix. It should be in a top ten somewhere. Right, yeah. Like, why do I have to literally go up to that little that little uh, magnifying glass at the corner and actually search it? I should find it right away when it's brand new. Why are they burying so much shit? I see what they do with their top ten. They they'll put movies from. Two top uh, twenty nineteen in the top ten, and then like some of the newer stuff. You know, like you'll be like Bad Boys yeah, two in the top yeah. ten. I was right. like, how? What? Who the hell's watching this? Like, come on, man! Because like, that's what they they paid for it. Right. I, I I felt it was extremely interesting during uh, Star Wars Episode Nine release when Rise of Skywalker came out. Disney Plus had the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, The Force Awakens. Disney Plus did not have the Last Jedi. On Disney Plus, but Netflix did. So Weird. it makes sense though because they knew damn well that they split the fan base again. It, it was a glorious time during the Force Awakens era. Star Wars fan base was united. We were all excited about it. But now we go back to the Phantom Menace era where the fan base is like, "What the hell?" So the, the older fans hate it. So the younger fans, yeah, it's pretty good. It, that was the same thing happened with Last Jedi. But to go back on this WGA strike, yes, they have every right to be pissed because in the in the good old days, in the, in the Seinfeld and the Cosby show, and to a show that I never watched, but I, I'm well aware of the fact that they garnered 30 million viewers each week, friends. They were in the same. If you were a writer on that show, you were compensated for your success. Right. So it's not just a, you don't you don't have to sign up for a set fee. And if you if you are success successful on that show, you're guaranteed a continuous job and it's really gonna take you effing up to lose your job. Now they're squeezing you out because of how cheap they can get things and how how cheaper it is to market their stuff now. Every streaming service wants to make their own content and they can sacrifice quality just it's way easier to make money off the streaming services as as opposed to getting advertisers to advertise commercials during your network television shows on ABC and NBC because you have a bigger pot to play with so yes it, they have every right to be upset because most writers are compensated to get a percentage now this strike is only is going to hurt the TV show and talk show industry more so than the movie. Yeah, because they have a lot of writers on those uh, talk shows, a lot. Those late night shows. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, most uh, movies released in the theaters have five or less writers that were behind that. I, I highlighted Christopher Nolan for Stand Ovation. Usually, it's either him 
or him and his brother who write the script. Quentin Tarantino writes his own movies and directs his own movies. Most movies have under five writers, unless it's a comedy. If you ever want to laugh, watch the credits for Scary Movie 2, which I feel is a huge step back. A lot of people like it. I like the guy's little small hand. I like it. Uh, I do too. The black actress yeah. we didn't we forgot to mention. We were talking about Jed Pinkett Smith. Um, oh, she was uh, also in Girls Regina Trip. Hall. Yes. Yeah, you said Tommy said it. Regina Hall. Regina Hall and yeah. Regina King. Yeah. <laughs> I love them both. Me love too. them both. Yeah. Scary Movie Two has ten writers on it. While the Wayne's brothers were responsible for Scream One or Scary Movie One, the sequel, which went even farther over top. Watch when you see the writing credits. Most movies have under five writers. Most TV shows usually have over 10, usually in the 10 to 20 range. Far less interchangeable. And if you get a writing credit on a movie, you normally get a bonus. Uh, they'll Okay, your script gets made into a movie, you get a $100,000 bonus. This movie makes over $100 million at the domestic box office. We'll give you $500,000. You don't get that if you're working as a writer on TV shows or network TV. It doesn't matter how many streams you get, you get that set fee and they want compensation and they have every right to strike. So if you think you can make just as good a product without our contribution and you're not going to give us a bonus for the success, then yeah, get good for you. This is the first writer strike that's happened, I believe since uh, 2007 or eight. And this We'll probably get another one in another 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like it was like at least 10 years ago where those was the last writer's strike, and I felt like, damn, I've that felt like it, I felt that. Because I think a lot of shows got like postponed for a while, and I was like, damn, this really is affecting my life more than I thought it would. They need yeah. to hurry up and get the hell off this strike. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely affects TV shows and talk shows more so than the movie industry. And I remember seeing like the quality of the shows and uh, some movies like dip. During that period, I was like, damn, I could definitely tell they had some backup writers on this show because this show sucks. Dip. I remember seeing like, oh, 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 you're saying you saw the quality. I I saw the quality dip when I felt like they went on the writer's strike. And you know how it is like the replacements, the movie, the replacements, like you couldn't Mm, get the stars on the on the field. So they end up getting like a bunch of backups. I feel like (laughs) I saw on a on a few shows. I could tell like where the writer's strike actually hit, especially when my wife was watching Grey's Anatomy. She said, like, damn, this last few episodes hasn't been that good. I was like, oh, I wonder if they got, like, uh, new writers on this show because they're on the writer's strike. And I don't think she even knew about that. But when I told her about that, we started to know it's, like, the quality of, like, the shows, like, really go, like, sour on a lot of stuff. And I was like, damn, man, like, we need to compensate the writers more because I'm starting to notice, like, when they have, like, a different set of writers on a show or when they change writers and, like, a, a set of writers move on to bigger and better things, I like I can definitely tell like something changed in the writing room. Like something isn't yeah. being written well enough to stay on the same quality. Kind of like what they did with The Walking Dead. Oh, big time! Your boy from the Green Mile and uh, Shawshank Redemption. He did the first season. Um, Frank yeah. Darabont. Darabont, and it shows. Uh, it absolutely. I, I believe it. I believe it. They and. It's not new in Hollywood in, in the entertainment industry. The writers have always been at the very bottom of the totem pole. And, uh, yeah, one uh, successful writer said that uh, most producers' girlfriends or wives have a better chance of getting a writing credit than an actual writer will. That's the way the industry works. And that sucks. It, it absolutely terrible. is. It's bad. Yeah. They need, they need more. 
more praise because this is it is kind of sad. It absolutely you. is. Absolutely is. Yeah, I've because I've if heard, you if you love a show like uh like The Walking Dead and you see the quality of it dip the way that it did, you understand how essential how imperative it is to have great writers on the show and not just have great writers just like a season or two like consistently have those writers on there because it's kind of like having a superstar on your team you want to keep them on your team as long as you possibly can if larry david left seinfeld oh Oh my my god God. it it would be bad and i love larry because i already told y'all i i I prefer curbing your enthusiasm over seinfeld i think him that way, I think that is a far better like showing of his talent. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, he doesn't have when the I restraints watch, of network TV. When I watch Curb, I'm like, that's the Larry David that I <laughs> yeah. love. Seinfeld is cool, but Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David is. Oh my God, he is so untouchable. The he, definition of he is keeping a comedy it, keeping god. One hundred comedy Larry god Larry in my David eyes. All right, man, we keeps it one hundred. We have to protect <laughs> yeah, this man at all sure. times. He cannot be ever, you know, you know restrained in any kind of way. I like, feel when that. You, when you let him loose and let him cook, like when the <laughs> chef is coming out <laughs> yeah. the kitchen with that hot plate of comedy, like, ooh, we man, it's, it's like a Thanksgiving feast on <laughs> all of us. You, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, I love it. I, I, I love Larry David. He is so damn funny. He is so damn funny. So Brilliant mind. Yeah, brilliant minds need to have, like, they need to be compensated and they have to have no restraints. You hire them for a reason. So let them do what you hire them to do. It's only when they step in, when they become too popular, they think like, oh man, we can get other writers to do this for less. And then you no. see what happens to your show. No. And I, I think all three of us are huge fans of the departed. Yeah. Definitely Leonardo Caprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson. Absolutely. I still think that's one of the best screenplays ever written, ever written. That, that screenplay is uh, Especially when it came out, this how modern it, it was. All of them using modern cell phone technology, which even starts to look dated now, ten years later. But good lord, that that screenplay on there is absolutely brilliant. You can tell the actors were excited to be a part of that. How often do you actually read screenplays? Often, I would say maybe one screenplay a month. Because you're the only other, you're the only person I've met in my life that has actually read a screenplay and I am a bit intrigued to actually read one myself because I, there are a few screenplays that I want to read. Me personally, I would love to read the one for the whale, the Brendan Fraser movie that just came out. I got to see that. That movie's incredible. You you really need to watch it. Like he absolutely deserved that Oscar. And I want to read, I want to read that one and I want to read the one for uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Those two screenplays in particular, I want to read. And I don't like reading at all. I don't like reading McDonald's menu at this point. I'm like, man, I know what I want. Number seven, man. Yeah. But I would love to read the screenplay just to see how it feels when it actually jumps off the page when I'm actually like uh, reading it. It's it's an experience because you can see the filmmaking process and you'll see what's actually left out and you'll see how that necessary it is to be a good director. Uh, has You have to be a good director to even adapt a screenplay. Like even I've read the... Pulp Fiction screenplay before, and the movie Tarantino made off his own screenplay is way better than what that script was. Because yeah, in, in the screenplay for Pulp Fiction, that uh, that scene where uh, he eats the guy's cheeseburger and he does his speech, and I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance. It's written that uh, Jules and Vince Vega they shoot the guy, and he and the chair flies back to the back of the room. Which would have been very over the top, and how it was edited, just oh. cutting to them shooting the guy, 
and just showing them shooting guns, it 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 turns out way more better in the movie. Then there's a thousand. Inc- that was just the one that popped in my head. But yeah, it's if you're interested in the filmmaking process, it is very interesting to me to see how script translates to screen. I, I would have. And I'll ask this question to both of you. What do you think is more important to the success of a movie, a good writer or a good director? The director, he, you know, he's he's the one. He's the cook. He's the, he's got all the recipes and you know got all the stuff there to, to make the movie good. You know, what I mean, like he's he's got to make he's got to take what he's got and make something right. You know, I I would say I agree. yeah, I would say he's the the chef. That's, yeah. a, that's a tough question. Tyler. Yeah. I know because I'm thinking about it because I'm trying to see it from both both points of view. Because Ryan, you kind of convinced me that the writer is a little bit more important because you say the director because he brings it to life. But when you think about it. The writer is the one giving him the ingredients. Exactly. Yeah, but he, he's telling him how to cook it. Now, now, of course, you can put your own little yeah, twist on it yeah. because because I'm thinking about Quentin Tarantino. He's kind of a cheat because he writes and directs, so he sees his own vision right. come to life when he writes it. But when I'm thinking like somebody like uh, Jordan Peele, somebody like him, he's another one that kind of has a cheat because he can write and he can right. direct his own mm-hmm. his own uh, stuff and put his uh his own vision the way that it is. But it heck, can you ever think of an occasion where maybe a writer Got his work uplifted by a great director? Yes. I, I've mentioned it repeatedly. Blade 1, 2, and 3 are all written by David S. Goyer. That's a very good point. Okay, I didn't think about that. He directed the Blade 3 himself. And we see what he did. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah, so good, good, great example. Great ab- example. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, I think that's that's absolutely personified right there. All right, so... I just I just had to put that out there. I just want to see what the field was thinking about that because I'm thinking writers during that strike. I I do support you. I'm with you. I understand your struggle. Like you guys should be more famous than what you are, and maybe some of you just don't want to be famous at all. You just want to be well compensated for your work and your your time, which is insanely fair considering how much they rely on you. Yeah, especially these late shows. Yeah, what if they're trying to pay you fifty thousand dollars? God, that's underpaid even for me. I mean, I'll be happy with that in Indiana, but having to live and work in New York or L.A. off $50,000 and I I have to write at least half a season worth of material is one thing. Because, yeah, if you sell a movie script, yeah, you're going to you're going to get at least 30,000 up front right out the gate. And then you're guaranteed a bonus if it goes into production and you're guaranteed a bonus. If you sign your contract right, if it grosses a certain amount, right, that doesn't happen with TV shows and talk show. If it's good, they'll keep paying you those little minuscule amounts. It, it'll be good for them to have compensation when your when your work is successful, makes a lot of other people money, just like everybody else gets compensated. They have every right to strike. No, I I totally agree, and I wish they would get their their just due. You know. Yeah, we ready to end this with our uh, hidden gems, unless there's other headlines that I miss. Anything that I I miss and you guys want to bring up? Uh, just real quick, John Wick. You said real quick, man. I promise I'm going to fly through this. <laughs> the first John Wick movie made $84 million worldwide. John Wick 4 has just surpassed $400 million. That's That's pretty freaking sweet. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, how much? $400? $400 million worldwide. Not bad for an already action movie. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Con- considering the first one made eighty million dollars worldwide off a twenty million dollar budget, Mario Brothers passed a billion. I find this I found this very fascinating. Uh, Mario Brothers movies on its fourth weekend right now, it made forty million dollars 
which is didn't you it, just say it made fifty last week? It did. And the Marlon Brothers movie made fifty eight million last week, which I which is top ten best third weekend ever for a movie. Fifty eight million dollars in week three. Oof. I think that's what uh, Black Adam made in week one. That's that's insane. Yeah. What was even more crazy, and I forgot how much of a phenomenon this movie was. What would you guys guess had the best third weekend of all time? Got five seconds. Pick a movie. Force Awakens. Titanic. Tommy's right. Force Awakens. Okay. $90 million in week three. Yeah. That's a blockbuster opening. Most people wish they had that in week Oh, one. my God. Damn, I feel like that's a Marvel movie oh. opening for some. Wasn't Ant-Man like 100 in week one? Yeah. So I said, even the Avengers didn't even make that in week three. That's number one of all time. That's how much of a phenomenal. That's why that movie made nine hundred and thirty million dollars at North America. That is insane. Um, let me see here. You well, touched congratulations on the to, to Keanu Reeves. That's that's, <laughs> that's nothing to scoff at, man. The old the old Hollywood stars are doing their thing. The past couple of years, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves, man, they putting the, a lot of you young boys to shame. Y'all need to step y'all game up. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, you guys saw that uh, the Flash movie screened at the CinemaCon. Which I uh, I'll talk about CinemaCon in the Christopher Nolan quote earlier. Uh, apparently, that's supposed to be pretty damn good, so it's not all studio hype. Um, I still think it's gonna suck, but the marketing has been right. You really damn think, good. Well, you think it's gonna suck as far as like the critics' review of it, or the actual like? Uh, I think that when I sit down and watch the movie, I'm not gonna like it, just because DC has steered me so wrong with this franchise building, and then. They're going to blow it all up after this. They've pretty much came out and said after this Flash movie and after Aquaman 2, we're starting all over again. They've even came out and said that. And it's a little discouraging because I, I really felt they nailed the casting. So even though uh, I was way too drunk last week's show and I was telling you how funny it was to me to see Jason Momoa show up in as Aquaman when the... the opening credit scene for the DC universe showed their traditional blonde haired skinny Aquaman and we get dark haired Game of Thrones Jason Momoa I, I found that hilarious but he it was still good casting Gal Gadot perfect casting Chris uh, Henry Cavill Superman perfect casting Ben Affleck Batman perfect casting I wish you would have directed the Batman movie That's that freaking sucks the director of 300 God, I love 300 so much. Zack Snyder, I love Zack Snyder. Why the hell wasn't Batman vs. Superman the best movie ever made? It, it kind of sucks. Uh, this Flash movie should be one of the best movies ever made. So I don't think I don't think uh, these throwbacks and putting the uh, Ben Affleck and uh, bringing back our, the Tim Burton Batman, I don't think that's really going to help. But I, well, I'm rooting for it. But apparently the people who saw it at CinemaCon liked it. So there's hope. We'll see. All right. We'll if, see. If you believe there's hope, then I believe there's hope. So. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Hit gems. Now, who got their hit gems ready? Can I go first? Absolutely. Let me go first. I, you guys deserve to close this out with my rambling these past two weeks. Uh, real quickly, it's uh, Gardens of the Galaxy 3 week. And I'm going to keep that theme. I sh- did a shout out to Futurama. I want to give a shout out to. Uh, Hidden Jim Zoe's Aldana movie came out in I believe 2011 by the name of Columbiana. 
And uh, you just heard me and Sean drooling over Kiss of the Dragon, and you heard my love for the original Bad Boys. I I have a, a fondness for the modestly budget action movies. I don't need all the CGI special effects. Just give me a badass lead actor or actress and some good action scenes. Keep it under two hours, and I'm all there. And it's even better if you got a fine female kicking people's ass and shooting people. Columbiana is a very good movie and well worth watching. Um, Worth even adding to your collection. We we see uh, this writer strike happening for WGA. You're benefiting the filmmakers behind the movie if you actually buy physical media and add that to your DVD or Blu-ray collection. Uh, You see uh, Columbiana stars Zoe Zaldana as a daughter who sees her parents killed by a cartel and she vows revenge and starts taking that revenge out as an adult. It is awesome. Uh, underrated action movie, vastly underseen. Columbiana, Zoe Zaldana, I believe 2011. Give it a chance. All right. That was one that I was not expecting. I remember seeing it once. I thought it was pretty good, but I, it, it was just okay to me. Because I always thought it was fascinating that Zoe Zeldana can play so many different races <laughs> in Hollywood. She played like so a, a Colombian. She played black. She played white. I think she played Asian in some movies. She plays an alien. But she, yeah. she just will not <laughs> stay. Yeah. I, I like how diverse she is when it comes to all this stuff. Because right. it, it is it is amazing. Once you have that little skin tone, the same way I see The Rock. <laughs> I, I like, he, he can be, yeah. He does not really have a race. No, yeah. He doesn't. I just like he's just like. The Rock. It's hard to describe, but I was like, you know, he could be black, he could be like anything else, but The Rock is just pretty much like a, I don't know, he, I don't want to say because it sounds weird, but he's more fluid in his racial like a designation at this point. I don't remember Orson Welles played Othello in blackface. (sighs) Orson Welles played Othello, and yeah, this is not Mackay Pfeiffer in the movie O Julia Stiles. Wait, I, I enjoyed that one. I love that movie. Okay. But, yeah, this is the most famous writer of all time, and his lead's a black character. All the black act. Orson Welles, one of the best filmmakers of all time, but that's as white as it gets. So if you feel bad about Zoe Zodana or even Robert De Niro playing an Irish guy, just remember Orson Welles played Othello in a movie in right. blackface. All right. All right. Oh. Well, you mind if I go next? Go ahead. All right. Now, I'm going to take y'all back to 1999. Great year for a lot of us. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to take y'all to another cinema, a cinema savant, a favorite. Definitely a classic in my book. Now, it stars uh, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I saw yeah. this in the theater. Uh, Apple, Apple guy. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. And I just the bad watched, guy from Die Hard's in that. I just watched this the past week. I have to say, this movie still holds up. There's a over. reason. There's a reason why I picked 1999 as my favorite movie year, and it, Galaxy Quest is one of them. Yeah, and that uh, back. I'm sorry, uh, Alan uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman. Thank you. Unfortunately, thank you. He passed away a short while ago, and it has uh, one of my top five actors of all time, Sam Rockwell. I also, forgot. It. Oh, yep. And it man. also. And did you notice that Justin Long was in this movie? Uh, that's why. I, that's why I called him the Mac guy. He's the Apple guy. I remember those. Mac PC commercials and uh from uh uh what's that one show that was on a uh, NBC um uh, damn it I can't The Office I'm sorry I'm blanking on that one uh Rain Wilson who played Dwight Schrute 
he also has a small part in this movie as well as one of the the aliens that come down to earth to get Tim Allen to come help him. He's like, it's like a very like a uh, small part in the background. He plays like an engineer or something like that, but he had a small part in that movie. I remember watching it again. It was like, Oh my God, that's a, uh, that's white truth. I can't believe he was in this movie. But basically the synopsis of this movie is like a seventies, uh, a popular seventies, uh, TV show where they play like a, their own little version of like a star Trek, so yes. to speak. And they're, they're basically at comic cons all over. They're doing like these little meet and greets and everything. And oh, Tim Allen, he's like the, he's the captain of this show. And he, he basically loves the attention that he gets from it. And he gets a little bit of a reality check when he goes to one of them. And uh, like, he hears like uh, a couple of fans talking about how, you know, how much like he's a douchebag and like the, the cast doesn't even like him and he takes this too seriously. Yada, yada, yada. He starts getting down on himself. The next thing you know, like this alien race who sees our TV shows is like a documentary and they think that is real. And they say, Hey, we need you to come uh, save us. Like we're trying to negotiate like a peace treaty with like this one guy. So can you come up here and help us? And he thinks he's like, it's another acting job. He's just out there just doing some kind of run of the mill, like run lines with some fan that paid a lot of money to spend the day with you or something like that. You know, next thing you know, they find out like, Hey, this is like real, like we're really out in space and he gets the whole crew back together to come out in space and go help him with this little, this little mission and it's just it's just great fun my family enjoyed watching this i love watching this all the time because for one i can't tell you how much i love sigourney weaver she is so beautiful even now i still have a major crush on sigourney weaver now alien aside sigourney weaver if you want good cleavage in a movie Sigourney Weaver's cleavage. Galaxy yeah, Quest. Yes, yeah. I know she was really putting it out there. I was like, man, she, she leaned over one more inch. Lord, oh, was, they're plumped up. Lord, like get your sweatpants on. <laughs> <laughs> like Sigourney Weaver is 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 absolutely gorgeous. I love Sigourney Weaver. This is this might be one of my top three favorite movies of hers. Like even when you include, like it. the Ghostbusters and the Aliens one, I love Galaxy Quest. I might put it above a couple of those movies. So yeah. Galaxy Quest, nineteen ninety nine, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Alan Rickman. Uh, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie for the family. I believe it's on Hulu. I believe maybe even Netflix. I can't remember because I have too many streaming services. I need to narrow it down. But yeah, Galaxy Quest. I think it's an all time classic. Even though I'm not really big on Tim Allen as an actor per se, but I think that this wasn't actually a really good movie of his, and I think it will stand the test of time for another twenty years. So yeah. Galaxy Quest, I'm going to say Hidden Gem for me this week. Y'all should go check that one out. That's a masterpiece. Also, hey, real quickly, that was one of my best theater-going experiences of my life. Uh, I know my sister listens to this podcast, and I just want to say that uh, I'm sure she's never seen that, but her husband and my sister as well, they're both role models to me. Those are people I aspire to, and you guys have been a great guiding force in my life, and I probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you. Her husband is a big truck Trekkie. This guy grew up in one of the worst hoods in Chicago, but he's actually been a successful adult, and he's just a cool guy. And I, we've one of the few things we always get into it as he's a Trekkie, hardcore, and I've mm. even dogged those Patrick Stewart live-action movies, and he, he, he hates it. But seeing that movie with him was one of the best theater-going experiences of my life. And, uh, yeah, uh, Tim Allen uh, talking to Justin Long towards the end of that. And um, Justin Long saying, I know you think I'm a nerd. I know all this stuff is fake and all that. Tim Allen telling him, no, it's all real. It's like, I knew it. (laughs) I knew you were right. It was all that theater lost. That was a great experience. I had the best – 
best movie going partner that night, and that audience loved it. Ninety nine is one of the best movie years of all time. Galaxy Quest is one of the reasons. And if it wasn't for the Matrix and Star Wars Episode One, it would get even more appreciation than it would because it just came out the same. Galaxy Quest is a is a masterpiece. Absolutely good. Good pick, Tom. Good pick. All right. Uh, All right, Sean, take us out. I got yeah. one from 2007. Now, we talk about it sometimes, and it's one of your favorite actors, Tommy uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, uh-huh. Disturbia. I just I saw that on um, oh, Amazon. Oh, I forgot about that Disturbia. one. Disturbia, yeah, man. I'm going to go with uh, this, this one for tonight. A troubled high school student becomes convinced he is living next door to a wanted serial killer. <laughs> struggling to come with those terms and with the death of his father, he, uh, the teen lands himself in hot water after a fight with a teacher and puts him in, on, on house arrest. I really like Disturbia. This is when Shia Buff was coming out of the Transformers. He was really hot at this point. He was yeah. smoking Super hot, hot yeah. at he this was, point. He was, the, he was one of the big eight Yes, um, I like this one. Um, it was a sad beginning of him and his dad's fishing and his dad coming back to get in a car accident and the dad doesn't make it. So he's kind of like a little book, you know, a lot of anger on the inside. Um Trying to deal with that, you know, that's pretty tragic. And um, punches a teacher. If a teacher, you know, says something smart to him, he punches him and gets put on house arrest. So he's on house arrest for the whole summer. His mom is just tired of the crap, you know, I mean, he's just playing video games. A little Asian friend comes over. And as they are looking at the hot next door neighbor, starting to notice that the other, as in another neighbor, maybe, I believe, is doing some shady stuff. And he's trying to convince his mom and everybody around that this this is a serial killer. And uh, I think the mom actually goes on a date with the guy or starts hanging out with the dude. And he's trying to convince that he's, you know, he sees him dragging something at night. And that's all he can do. He can't leave the house. And um, he can't even leave the yard. You know what I mean? So he's on house arrest the whole time. And the fact that he's trying to convince everybody there's a serial killer that's living next door uh, who's been doing this for a long time. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. I like the little cast in there. It's pretty. It's. It's. It's a. You know. It's not a super horror movie or nothing. It's more of a thriller. Uh, but Shia LaBeouf was super hot at this point, and uh, he could do no wrong to me at this point. When the Transformers and stuff came out, so I thought this was a cool little movie to watch. It always gave me summertime vibes. For some reason, I feel like I might have watched it in the summertime around that time. I think I did too. Yeah, I feel like I get a summertime vibe when I watch it. And uh, somebody puts something on his porch, and he's chasing little little small teenagers away and stuff. Uh, but um, to end up what it ended up being is is pretty cool at the end. So uh, I go with Disturbia. It's from 2007. I think I saw that on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Shia LaBeouf. You know, that's when he was doing the Constantines and um, the Transformers for sure. So uh, I like this movie. It's a good movie. Good little you and your family can watch. It's not not rated R, I don't think. I don't think it's rated R. I think it's PG-13 for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Disturbia, 2007. Thriller mystery, I would say. I guess you can go with that. Um yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with that one tonight. So that that was actually a pretty good pick because I remember yeah. I watched that movie a few times. I was like, "Damn, this is actually a pretty good one." Yeah. It it definitely plays on my fear. Like I need to watch my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. "All right, man, he he moving real suspect over there, man. <laughs> he ain't really got no no visitors over there. Right. All I see is him mowing his yard, whatever. He never leaves. Yeah. Like, what's going on with him?" So yeah, I like how it plays into that little that little game of like you know what you need You're to watch paranoid and you're looking at the hot girl and. Then him and the girl and the Asian guy start watching it and stuff, and they all in the conspiracy together. So I, I thought it was a cool little movie to watch. So I remember I, for sure in 2007, I was going to the movie theaters way more than I am in 2023. And that trailer played 
damn near every week I went to the movie theater. I never got around to seeing Disturbia. I'm glad you said that, Sean. That's a trailer that sticks in my mind for a movie I never got around to seeing. I remember that trailer like it was yesterday. It was just, yeah, so much stuff. I was, I always feel like, oh, I can wait to see this. I can wait to see it. So the fact that it's good. Yeah, I enjoyed and it. And I, yeah. I feel yeah. that Shia LaBeouf is an underrated actor. I would definitely give that a he chance. He was young, still young, Shia LaBeouf. So, yeah. yeah. Hell, I remember watching iRobot, and I remember seeing Shia LaBeouf. That's weird. He was good. Yeah, he was. he was. He's good in almost yeah. everything I've seen him in, actually. It's just his outside of work stuff. He wants to show up to a, to a premiere with a bag, a bag over his head. Yeah, yeah, I'm not famous anymore. Okay, so uh, he, he went through a crazy period. He did, he did. But yeah, yeah when so you're take fam- it easy on Jada Pinkett. So yeah, but when you're famous <laughs> like that long, I can't expect the industry not to taint you just a little bit. Hey, we uh, talked about white Michael Jackson earlier, so yeah, we didn't talk about that. You talked about that. <laughs> Good point. You you like talk about white Michael Jackson? Point taken. We gonna we gonna bring that up one part. We gonna let you get all your conspiracy theories out and everything because you got some interesting ones. But but once again, I can't, bring a tinfoil. I can't chase the rabbit with some of those conversations. I gotta let it. I gotta let it go. Sometimes, like all right, man, Ryan almost got me this week. I was talking about white Michael Jackson, whatever else he was talking about. Will you say that fat uh, that fat dude was that was in a uh, Goodfellas and ended up being his manager? Yeah, he was. That's still weird. That, that is, is so weird. So, that is that so is, weird. Yeah. But you know what? Michael Jackson went through a phase. Like he, he probably couldn't trust certain people, and he just went to. Yeah, that was Paulie's brother in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I'm sure That's we've all seen that at least three times. Paulie's brother with the cigar. Yeah, who was the boss of all the lead, all the characters? Ray Liotta's boss, Robert De Niro's boss, Joe Pesci's boss. Paulie was the boss, and his brother was Michael Jackson's manager after. Was it after Bad or was that after, after Thriller? His dad was still his manager during Thriller, but we get the the BT movie with Angela Bassett showing his dad is the reason he went crazy because he he was so abusive. But all the crazy stuff happened after he got away from his dad. That's when Bubbles the monkey, the pedophile stuff, and the skin color change happened after he got away from his family. Okay, well we 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 gonna do a deep dive on that and one, one White day. America, if. Please don't ever. As a matter of fact, no. Any any black, white, Asian, Arab, Gary, Indiana is the blackest, most dangerous country on earth. The um, city, yeah. yeah. The Congo, Zimbabwe, whatever warlords are taking over those those North African countries over there. They'll be scared of Gary, Indiana. <laughs> so the most popular person in the world would come from there and to die looking like a white female. A little strange to me. A little strange. All right, man. He had a strange life, so how, how yeah, could yeah. it end any other way? <laughs> wow. Once again, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for all the fans, family, friends that listen to us. And we're looking forward to seeing y'all this weekend for our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume mm-hmm. 3 watch party. And, Ryan, we already decided one of us is going to pick you up. I'll be there. <laughs> it's not football season. Buffalo, I don't got to watch Josh Allen fumble at the one-yard line and lose to the Minnesota Vikings. No, you might end up I, watching I, I, like a playoff game. It's like, no, we need to get Ryan here ASAP. <laughs> I know. We ain't going to leave him to just try to get himself here. We, one of us has got to go get him, or we got to get you one of those like Ubers. Like, it's on Sunday, right? Oh. Exactly. Exactly my point. You <laughs> don't even know what day it is. <laughs> it's Saturday. Ah, right? shit. Yeah. All the more yeah. reason why you're going to get picked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right, Remember, I move. You don't, you don't know where I live at now, time. So you better fill the like, gas tank like, up. Like, I'm waiting for him to text. Like, hey, man, I'm here. Where y'all at? It's like, yeah, he, 
I pretty much live in Ohio at this point. Yeah, you're going to. Well, that's fine. I drive to Ohio to go to the drive-in, man. It ain't not too far from me. Shit, man. I know where he lives. Yeah, so Sean might have to get you. I just, just look for Mr. Winters. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, because we got yeah, prizes to yeah. give away, man. We got to yeah. interact with all the people around there, man. We got we got, we got, got to have a nice little professional showing for the podcast. Yeah. We got to make sure they understand, like, we here for, for them, for right. them to enjoy themselves. So I hope everybody has a good time. And... You know what? Let's take it out with some Guardians of the Galaxy. Man. This is going to be a fun time. And I'm hoping that Ryan is not right that this trilogy is going to end in a bad way. I'm guessing there's at least two deaths. I think Drax, maybe. I think, I think Drax and Drax Rocket Rock obvious, And I think Rocket is kind of obvious. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. Maybe Star Lord might go. Maybe. Now that would be shocking. Yeah, that would be real shocking. You would think they want to leave the door open for possible sequels. Now with you this gotta alter, have Star Alternate universe, you can bring everybody back. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah we so as you start doing time travel, ain't yeah. no, ain't no way you cannot bring somebody back. But yeah. then again, if they would have done do that, they would have done that with Iron Man a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully they ended in a good way, a positive way. Like I'm telling this is going to be an emotional one. I might have to bring some Kleenex there just to wipe my mm-hmm. tears because I should have did it with Wakanda forever. So I'm <laughs> going to be prepared for this one. And we want to prepare all y'all out there. So hopefully you guys have a good weekend watching Guardians. If you're going to go out to see it, all our family and friends, we hopefully like you guys are going to show up. We're going to have a good time at all y'all. So we look forward to seeing all y'all there. If you haven't done that already. Like, share, subscribe to this episode, man. Share us with everybody that you know. Like, help grow this podcast, and hopefully, we get to have a good weekend with our family and friends. And we hope y'all have a good weekend. So, go out and watch a movie. Have a good time, everybody. See y'all later. All righty. Good night. <laughs>